Greetings, friends. Uh, you're welcome once again to, uh, to this interview. Uh, this is our second interview. And uh, uh, Brother Isaac was asking me what are we going to call this. I said, well, just call it the bench <laughs> because we are seated at the bench. Uh, so uh, in this interview, we are going to be interviewing and having a conversation with uh, Brother Prince Gareth from uh, Zimbabwe. I met Brother Prince uh, a few months ago. It all started about two years ago when I was invited by Pastor Joseph Ntai of Evening Light by Tabernacle to minister here in our national convention uh, in SETA. And it happened that, it so happened that uh, I was preaching two services there and then uh, there was another pastor, a guest preacher, minister from, uh, from Zimbabwe, uh, Brother Said, Pastor Said. And so Pastor Said would preach after me, or I, would, I was preaching after him, whichever. But we're just preaching uh, after each other, and we enjoyed one another's ministry. And so he did invite me to Zimbabwe, and we had a wonderful time there, and the saints uh, in Gweru. And so when I went to preach their Easter, Easter meetings in Gweru, I, by God's grace, came in contact uh, with this uh, brother. I think about two people had interpreted for me. And then this young man also came to interpret. And, and after the ministry, uh, I, was, I felt a, a big connection with him. I, I spoke a few words to him there. Uh, but then that connection would lead to his invitation to come in Uganda. I believe there is more. I did not know a lot or any actually about his testimony and about his life story, uh, but I kind of felt that uh, he had a calling to, to, to the ministry, and I actually spoke of the same to him directly, and uh, little did I know that he was trying in the past to run away. And so uh, he has since come and been with us, here in Kampala for about now a month or so. He uh, came to the youth meetings that we had recently and also has been uh, with us here in the local fellowship and you know we've had fellowship with him and, and, and trying to do as much as we can uh, in the work of the ministry. Uh, before I have him greet us, I'd like to read Revelation 12. Revelation 12 verses 11 which says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. And so it is by the word of our testimony that we overcome. And so, Brother Prince, you're welcome. You're welcome uh, to, to Uganda. Many are, are seeing you for the first time and will actually see you for the first time. And uh, I know you've been with us here at DVF and in the youth meetings and uh, you, you've sung for us, you preached to us. Ma, you, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm having a difficulty in finding out whether you are a preacher or whether you are a singer. Uh, but Brother Prince, why don't you gr uh, greet the people just so that they can hear your voice. Shalom, shalom, and God bless you. It's a pleasure to be here in Uganda, the Pearl of Africa. It is by God's grace that we are here. I'm so glad to be here with uh, my fellow pastor, Pastor Talemwa. It's a pleasure, sir. 
So uh, I, I, I talked about singing, and I know in this, in this conversation we are going to talk a lot about singing. So, so before we continue, people need, will need to know, and I'm doing this uh, because of a reason. So if you want to, maybe, I don't know, we don't have musicians here with us today, but if you want to do an a cappella for us uh, for just a minute or so, w I would just allow you to do that for now. That's all right. Thank you so much, Pastor Talemwa. <coughs> so growing up, uh, my mom used to, my mom was the singer in the family, mm -hmm. and my dad as well, but my mom is the one that really sang. Okay. So she would sing a song uh, that says, Remind me, dear Lord. I love that song. Because it speaks a lot as, as in the things that were happening in my life. Mm -hmm. You get to a point of realization and you realize that I am human. Mm. But, you know, the lyrics of the song themselves will minister something to a person. Mm. So it says, Those things that I love I hold dear to my heart They have just borrowed They are not mine it's all Jesus only let me use them to brighten my life so remind me remind me dear Lord so roll back the curtain of memories now and then. Lord, show me where you've brought me from and where I could have been. Dear Lord, remember, I'm human. Lord, as humans, we forget. So remind me. Remind me, dear Lord. Thank you so much. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. My, uh, you know, I, uh, I thought I know how to sing, but whenever I hear you sing, I get challenged. <laughs> I'm like, oh, God, do I know how to sing? Uh, you know, you, you've been gifted by God. And um, we will talk a little more uh, in, in the coming few moments on music and this gift that God gave you and where, which places it has landed you to and, and we'll get into those things later. But for now, I'd like us to know and the, the listeners, I'm sure they would want to know uh, how did it all start? Where were you born? Uh, were you born in the message? Were you born out of the message? And uh, le yeah, let's start there. Okay. Um, it all started uh, many, many years ago. Once upon a time, uh, I was born in Zimbabwe, Gweru to be precise. I am born and raised in Zimbabwe. So I was born in the message. My mom and my dad, they met, I think, in 1980-something uh, there. They got married in 1990, and I was born a few, a few years later in the message. You know, I'm part of those children that used to sleep under the bench. So when you called it the bench, it was quite <laughs> inspirational <laughs> because that's where exactly it all started, under the bench. Under the bench. Exactly. I was yeah. born in the message. I was raised in the message. And I grew up in the message, you know, the teachings of the message. Uh, my mom and dad would read to me the supernatural books, as, uh, you know, the bedtime stories and all those things. So I grew up with all the knowledge and all, you know, the fundamentals of what the message of the hour is. 
but uh, you get to realize that it's a different dimension altogether, being born in the message and the message being born in you. You see, it's a whole different story altogether. You know, most of us, when we grow up, you know, you are growing up, you are basing on the experience of your parents. Mm -hmm. So me going to church was because my I had no option. You, 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 you see, I had no option. But in the few moments that I would get, you know, where I used to stay, there was a Seventh-day Adventist church. I would go there sometimes, you know, when I'm not at church, uh, at my home church, I would go there and fellowship with them. Uh, apostolic faith mission, I would go there, you see, so I was curious with this whole religious, with this whole religion thing, it was, for me, it was, um, I wanted to know a lot, I wanted to get in, you know, so many circles in these ministries, see things, so the message was not born in me, for me, it was just going to church, because I was born there, you know, if you'd ask me, I'll tell you, I, because that's where my mom and dad go, mm -hmm. but I had no experience about, you know, what the message of the hour really was. Uh, were you like the only one born of your parents or uh, you were like, uh, you have other siblings? Okay, I come from a very big family. Uh, we are six children and I am third. Oh, you're number three. I am third. Yes. I know what three means. Perfection, indeed. And, and, and uh, you see that uh, God was, y you know, people need to understand is something that you said. <coughs> you were born in the message, yes, but the message was not born in you. Mm -hmm. And we have a lot of people, especially the young generation, and of course, uh, we, uh, this, this kind of interviews, we're really making them to benefit the young generation mm -hmm. because there's quite a lot going on and we need to, 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 to help ourselves to understand what it is that we believe, what we stand for, mm -hmm. the principles of our faith. And so many young people think that because their parents are believers of the message, that they are also believers. Mm -hmm. and, and because I have actually, when I asked, there's a young man I asked one time, I said, uh, when did you believe the message? He said, oh, from since when I was in my mother's womb. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, uh, kind of thought that if their mother was a believer before they were born, so they were also a believer before they were born, actually, because, uh, you know, they were, uh, their mother was a believer, so they're a believer by proxy. Uh -huh. But we know that the Banham says that God does not have grandchildren. Right. He only has sons and daughters. Mm -hmm. And so that phrase that you said, you were born in the message, but the message was not born in you. And so um, you would come in church and you would say, there's something, you, what phrase was that? Under the bench, how did you say that? Oh, yes. Uh, I would sleep under the bench. Aha. Mm. During service. During service, yes. A and so now you come into teenage. Uh, so when does this message really begin to mean something to you? Okay. Um, Were you baptized? Uh, did you make up your mind at, at all uh, at some point in life? Okay, yes, I was baptized. I was baptized, I think it was, I was 13 years old then when I got baptized into the message, into the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. As they like to say, by one spirit, we are baptized into one body. Yeah. So I was baptized by water, full immersion into the water when I was 13 years old after I had confessed, you know, the whole process is, you know, how we, we really do it as according to the, the directive of the word of God. You know, mm -hmm. you confess your sins, then you get baptized. So I think I was 13 years old. But even then, mm -hmm. you know, it was more of um, 
what can I say, more of culture. You see, when you um, you see other people doing something, yeah. you, you see, it's something that has been done for so long until we, be, we begin to do it as, as religion, yeah. not because it's an experience or you've actually had a very, you know, that deep conviction in your heart. Okay. It's, you are doing it because it's, you know, it's culture. It's our culture in the message that, you okay. know, you've got to confess. It's our culture in the message that you've mm -hmm. got to, you've got to, to be, be baptized. baptized. Yeah. Yes. Then you get, you get baptized and you try to live uh, uh, a Christian life. And you know, the word that I say try, I'll explain later what mm -hmm. I'm exactly trying to say when I say you try mm -hmm. to live a Christian life. You try not to steal, you try not to lie, and all those things. So the message of the hour for me, uh, the journey, I can say personally, the journey started for me when I was 13 years old. Mm -hmm. you know, when I made a decision personally, you know, I made a decision to, you know what, I want to get baptized. You know, mm -hmm. so yeah, that's when it started when I was 13 years old. Mm -hmm. So uh, and, and so you were ba you were baptized. Mm -hmm. We would like to hear the ending of that story. So you were then baptized, and you now continued in church. Mm -hmm. um, <coughs> where where you really sold out to the Lord Jesus during that time, 13 years old. In the beginning, yes, I was very. You know, I was part of those people they would call pastor at school. Uh, during break time when others are eating we, at the primary school, elementary school where I went, we had this place where, where there were benches as well. <laughs> so I would, these benches were, uh, had four sides, you know, one facing the north, the east, the south, and the west. Mm. So in the middle of them, it was an empty space. They had a tree inside. Mm -hmm. So during break time when people would go for break, me, I would go to that bench and <laughs> go inside the bench, inside <laughs> the tree. I would kneel there, I would pray, you know, I was very serious, I was very zealous about, you know, about God. The headmaster would actually call me to pray during assembly at school, you know. Uh, this young man comes from a very reputable church, you know, they have a very good doctrine. Ah, he's, he's a young man, he's a choice young man, he, can he come and give, offer a word of prayer during assemblies, I would do that. Mm -hmm. So I was very serious, I was very zealous, you know, uh, mm -hmm. back then in, in those years, early years of... Uh, you know, of making a decision. Mm -hmm. And so uh, you, you're 13 years old, you're serious at school, you're being, um, you know, actually, I, I used that word on you. Mm -hmm. uh, literally, I know that someone else had used it on you, a choice young man. Thanks. You know, they kind of noticed that you are this young man that was zealous and loved the Lord now. Uh, but remember, you're born in the message and you've done, um, you've been baptized religiously and but in your heart you have this desire in you to to love god and to serve him right yes, and so do you ever then continue on to, to serve god after that so after that yes i did continue but then you know primary school elementary school and high school they are two different dimensions altogether mm -hmm. you know as you continue to grow uh, the the lock that your parents have on you it gets loose a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. Mm -hmm. You see, when you are now in high school, you spend less time with them. You are far from them. So you get exposed to certain things. You get exposed to certain crowds that you were not exposed to before. And there's, there's these people from different places, different areas, who have, gr uh, who have grown up from, you know, different, uh, you know, uh, teachings. Yeah. You see, you get to meet such people. Some of them, they do not even have a conscience at all. Yeah. Some of them, they are notorious to begin with. Some of them, you know, th all those things. You get to yeah. meet certain people. 
there is actually something that I want to interject here. Mm. You know, the scripture says that um, we should raise our children mm. in the way we want them to go. Mm. We should train them up. Mm. And that when they grow, they will not live that way. Uh, let me ask you a question, because I've heard of people who say, well, if somebody is raised in the message, mm. they are actually raised in a bubble. Why? Because they are not exposed to the world and to the way things are done in the world. And so when they get there, the, the devil and the world is waiting on them and they'll just grab them. But the question I have for you, Brother Prince, is uh, the things that your parents used to teach you. And when now you went into the society, let's say into the world now, you are exposed. You're still in church, but you're exposed to the world. Did it uh, ring a bell at all? Were you, as much as you were being pulled towards the world, but did the things that your parents taught to you ring a bell at any time? Okay, I would like to you know, answer it in this way. You grow up from one year up to 13 years. There's something that is the, your parents instill in you. Mm -hmm. You know, repetitively, every single day, you are told, my son, you see, do not do this. Do not be like this one, do not do this, do not do this. It's something that has been instilled in you for 13 years. Mm -hmm. And that thing cannot just disappear within a year. Mm -hmm. It does not just go, you know. You choose, what you will actually do is you will choose to ignore. Yeah. But the conscience will be there. Will be there. Right before you make a decision, that voice will come back to you and say, but young man, is this the way that you were brought up? Mm -hmm. You know better. But it's you who actually choose to silence that still small voice that yeah. speaks to you. Yeah. So you see. So in other words, the, the, the things that your parents teach you mm -hmm. from 1 to 13 mm -hmm. mold you or mm -hmm. mold a certain character or a certain conscience in exactly. you. Yeah. Whereby even when the world pulls you a certain way, you just choose to ignore that conscience, mm -hmm. that character, that, that, that uh, uh, you know, way about you that has been molded mm -hmm. in you. Mm -hmm. But it never goes. Exactly. It never goes. Exactly. And so... Well, uh, then you're exposed to the world and, you know, you, you keep coming to church and then now you, you're being pulled by two forces, the world and the church. Tell us about that. Okay, so, you know, this is like a cycle. Every time you get to 13, these teenage years, they are very tricky. Mm. You know, your body starts to go through changes. It, the hormones are all over the place yeah. and, you know, the blood is rushing. You <laughs> get so curious. You, you, you get so active. You want to see this. You want to do this. You want to try this. You know, and you also want to be cool. Yeah. If, there is a, if there is a generation that is being troubled by wanting to be cool, yeah. it's these, these teenagers. You yeah. know, you, you try so hard to be cool. You try to be, you know, the best dressed. You try to be the sleekest one of them all. Yeah. You try to be that one who, you know, who has so many girlfriends, <laughs> who has influence, <laughs> who's charismatic, you know, in school. The most popular. The most popular, exactly. You want to be the bad boy. Mm -hmm. So we used to call it, you know, uh, this one is bad. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a bad boy. Yeah. You see, you, you really want to be like that. You want to be assimilated into their society now. Yeah. You see, but the thing of it now is these people like in the world, they have not, you, they did not grow the way that you did. Mm -hmm. They were not raised up the way that you were raised up. Mm -hmm. So with them, there are certain things that they do not even think twice mm -hmm. when they want to do them. But yeah. for you, you have to second guess every decision or should every choice or that you make. So, so at the end of the day, you realize that you will never prosper in their area. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. 
you might try to be, you try so hard to be like this one, you try so hard to speak in slang, you try so hard to do certain <laughs> things, but you'll never prosper the way they do because for them it comes naturally. But yeah. for you, you second guess every time. And yeah. when you second guess, you know, when you second guess yourself, you never do anything confidently. And, and, and actually right here, I want to tell the young people that are listening, mm. whether or not you were raised in the message, if you have a seed of God in you, because you see, there is this thing that Brother Barnum called a seed jam, a, a jam of life in you. If at all you have that seed of God in you, and you go in the world, you can never prosper in the world. Yeah. Because your prosperity is in the, in the promised land, in the, in the land of the word, in, in, in the word of God. That's where our prosperity is. You cannot prosper in the way they do them. They will always outdo you. You know, they, they, if you want to be a thief, there is always somebody who will be a better thief than you. Exactly. If you want to be a fornicator or an adulterer or, you know, if you want to go in these dance parties and stuff, there will always be someone who will do it better than you and you will not, not actually prosper like they do prosper. And even if it comes to making money and cheating and doing these kind of things, you can never outdo them because mm. they know what they are doing. It is in their blood. And something else is in your blood. If you want to prosper, it is in the promised land. This is where our land is, is the word of God. That's and so you, 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 so you, did you become one of those bad boys? Oh, yes, I did. In, in fact, you know, I, I believe personally that, you know, God gifts people in certain ways. Yeah. There are certain people who are just born to be leaders. Yeah. There are certain people who are just born to be influential people. Yeah. You know, you've got people like Absalom. The, the son to David. He was a very influential young man. He turned the whole kingdom against, he turned even the, uh, the chief general of his yeah. father against his own father. You see now, he was yeah. just influential like that. So you realize that in high school, I became very influential in the sense that I would, uh, I was, you know, the person would bring an idea. Yeah. You know, I would influence people, I would incite people to do certain things. You know, even though I would excuse myself, for example, uh, during summer, we used to wear shorts. Mm -hmm. So me, one, one day I would just wake up and say, you know what, guys, tomorrow we are going to come, all of us, we are going to be wearing trousers, our winter uniform, for no reason. You see, <laughs> and everyone else tomorrow comes wearing their winter uniform. The people that I played with, they come wearing their winter uniform. On that day, me, I won't come to school. So when they get in <laughs> trouble, now I'm not there. <laughs> but every other day, I'm seen with them, to the extent that my headmaster asked my parents, your young man, the people that he plays with, but we have never caught him. Why? <laughs> but the crowd that he, that he hangs around, they were people who used to smoke, people who used to beat teachers, yeah. people who used to escape from the hostels to go and party in these clubs and all these things. You see now. But I was never caught with them because I was the person who would incite people to do things. Yeah. Then later on, excuse myself. You see yeah. now. And so while all this was going on, I understand that you were also still in church. I was. And so, were you not being convicted at all? To be honest with you, you know, you get convicted when you get to church. Mm -hmm. And the pastor speaks the, the very same thing that you were doing that mm -hmm. week. And you feel so, you know, in your heart. But you, yeah, condemned, you, yeah. you continue to silence that voice. Because it's a conscience that is always there. You continue to silence it until it will come a time when you can easily do anything. Yeah. You see, because that conscience, you've been suppressing it for a very long time. Until, you know, God is a gentleman, God will never force himself on you. Yeah. Until God will say, you know what, do what you want to do. 
and, and that's the problem that we have. Exactly. Many people silence the voice of God in them. Mm -hmm. And if only we can be able to yield. I always use that word yielding to him. You know, there's a lot he can achieve through true. us, mm -hmm. to the people, to the world. There's a lot that he wants to achieve yeah. through us. And so, um, now you are in high school, and, and the whole time, were you in church the whole time of high school? Did you ever m get a, a change of heart, in especially uh, after now leaving these years, 13, 14, 15, 16? Mm. Uh, tell us some about your life during that time. Okay. So from then, uh, fast forward, I went to do my A-level, which is uh, fifth and sixth year of yeah. my high school. Yeah. So uh, for some time, yes, I was still going to church. But now what had happened, I was no longer going to the message church. Oh, okay. Exactly. I had now started going to AFM, and I was uh, part of the youth there. I was actually in the committee, the youth committee okay. in AFM. There. Okay. Uh, wait a moment now. You're taking us fast. Mm, okay. Let's hit the brakes a little. Mm. So what prompted you to leave the message church now to go to the a AFM or one of these denominational churches? Uh, well, I can say... And, yeah, and when did that happen? Yeah. Okay, I can say that they were friends. Okay. I used to you know, hang around friends. I was into music. My friends liked music. Okay. And the AFM churches was like really, really close to where I stayed. Okay. And I was a bit more exposed to you know, music, playing instruments. And, uh, and you know, those denominational boys uh, can really oh, yes. kill it, as they say. They can. Th they, they know what they're doing. They, they're so committed. Mm. And, and when it comes to practice, they, they, they will practice on a Saturday and you think it's a main service. Exactly. They take it as a job. Yeah. They take it. Actually, they actually get, they actually do what we call gigs, eh? uh -huh. whereby they get hired by certain churches to go and play there. Mm -hmm. So for you to stay at the top of your game, you've got to practice. You've got to be the best. You've got to be the so best. So these yeah. guys were people that I looked up to and said, you know what, when I grow up, I want to play like, like this one. This one plays the way that I like. So mm -hmm. the more that you try to imitate them, and in the message now, their music is not the, the way that we play our music. Yeah. So you feel like you are, you are constricted like this, yeah. and you <laughs> want your freedom. You want to learn more. You want to explore. So I started going with them. Uh-huh. Little by little, until I was part of them. Yeah. And this part of them, sort mm. of, when uh, the preacher would preach, what mm. was your response? When the preacher would preach, I would also, you know, in the denominations, they speak in tongues, you know, they are jumping up and down, yeah. walking up and down, they're speaking in tongues. Yeah. And you, you look and you're like, ah know what i wanted to do this you yeah. you try to emulate them you try to there was a point when i would actually go on youtube listen to the tongues <laughs> of these mighty men of god you know these giants <laughs> that we call that we used to and call train them, yourself exactly, on how to speak in tongues that we used to exactly that we used to call you know god's generals ah this one is a heavenly commander so and so this one is general this one is major so and so you know you you listen to their tongues you when you get in prayer you, you are very zealous you know you yeah. are you are you are very sincere, but the prophet says you are sincerely wrong. wrong exactly. Yeah. You are so I was so sincere in doing, you know, yeah. all these things. But at the same time, I was living a double life. Yeah. Remember, there is the school life, yeah. there's this outside life, then there's there's this church life. Yeah. So in church, you are very zealous. In the world, you're also what? Very zealous. Very yeah. zealous in the way that they do their things, the way that they dress, you know. 
at some point I did not have a girlfriend in high school. Okay. So when I would when we would leave high school, like we would walk, I think about a kilometer or two from school into mm -hmm. town. Then we, we separate ways. Then go to board our you know taxis to go home. Mm -hmm. So I would walk alone with my MP3 player, these very small ones, and mm -hmm. some earphones with my bag. Everyone is with his own girlfriend. You know, and I'm walking in front of them or behind them. Then back home, there is a term that they call chimborume, meaning that you one without a girlfriend or one without hope <laughs> that they are ever going to get a girlfriend. You're, you're a church guy. You, you are still scared of this whole dating thing. Yeah. So it really got to me to the extent that, you know, I, I promised them, I told them, the next time that I'm going to get a girlfriend, I'm going to get one that's better than all of you. And I did. Mm -hmm. I actually dated a colored girl uh -huh. when I was in high school. So uh -huh. there's that life and there's this church life. You know, mm -hmm. and back then we used to go to these uh, old people's homes, you know, share the word, uh, mm -hmm. different places. And I've always surrounded myself with these uh, people that I thought that they were, you know, better than me spiritually. Mm -hmm. So I would go with them to the mountains and pray. But still, you see now, in the message of the hour, I believe personally that's the only place you can have power actually to overcome sin. Yeah. Because out there you can play church. Yeah. but still living another kind of a life yeah. because there is no power for you to overcome that sin. That's right. You see now. So this is something that I, I had gotten into. I had become part of this world cycle with yeah. this world circles and you know people that do certain things and I was influenced into doing certain things. So, so here now you had become an early marriage of sorts. Mm -hmm. You had come from uh, Bethlehem mm -hmm. and here you were in Moab, in the mm -hmm. land of Moab. Mm -hmm. You got yourself a girlfriend now, and you know you can play music, and you know you're 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 you're, you're dressing like them, you're speaking like them, and and you, and you know what, Pastor? Uh, in this world, I believe the message of the hour produces the best product. Amen. If you go out there from the message of the hour, if you go into the denominations, they are going to make you a pastor. Yeah. If you go out there, they are going to make you a leader because, because you, you have substance. Exactly. You have substance. You've got yes. substance. So yeah. when I was there, I would preach. They realize you have something they do not have. You see now, they would give me opportunities to preach. I was a very young man. Mm. No, still in high school, I would How preach. How old were you then? Uh, I think I was now 16 years old. 16, 17, 18, somewhere there. Mm. I would preach, even in school. The school that I went to, I was supposed to be made the, the head boy of that school mm -hmm. until I did something that I, you know, I was ashamed of. And I had to what? <laughs> I had to run away. I had to transfer schools and all those things. But I would preach even in assemblies and all these things because you've got substance. You know, you are of a higher class. Where you are coming from, there is, you know, you are grounded. You know the scriptures. You mm -hmm. know the Bible. And mm -hmm. these ones, they, all know, they only know theology. Mm -hmm. So when you get in their circles now, you know, they appreciate, they look at you and say, ah, this young man, you know, he's got revelation. This, this one, ah, <laughs> this one, you know, he's a seer, this one. He knows, you know, he's, he's deep. He's deep. He's the general. Yeah, he's, uh, he's a general. <laughs> he's really what? He's really deep. So you have that... You know, you have that, um, that time yeah. in my life where I was very serious about this whole thing, about, you know, uh, preaching, about uh, testifying in the streets, about doing all these things. Yeah. So um, fast forward now, I was now in, you know, my lower six and upper six in school. I used to learn at this other high school called Mambo. There, there was a certain brother. His name is called Shumbei Munyuki, you know. I would preach in scripture union. So on that particular day, 
I was reading, like what they do in the denominations, they read from the message of the hour and they preach it in their churches, but they do not acknowledge where they are getting it from. You see now, these people, they are very slick and very clever. So I was reading from the message that the prophet preached at Kadesh Bania. Yeah. So that's the message that I went and preached in Scripture Union. And that certain brother was there in Scripture Union. After I preached, he comes to me and says, brother, uh, I want to ask you, where did you get what you were saying? Because I know it from somewhere. I've heard it from somewhere. <laughs> and I was very open to him about it. And I told him, you know what? I actually was, even though I was out there in the world, I would always acknowledge that, you know what? God sent a messenger in our day. Yeah. So it's not something that I was ashamed of. So I told him, you know, I was reading this. I actually had the spoken word and I gave it to him. He's like, brother, which church do you go to? I told him, I go to AFM and all these things. He says, ah, brother, I go to the message of the hour, you know, under Pastor Saidi and all these things. So I got so challenged in my heart. that ah, This young man, you know, just comes up to me and just starts talking of, you know, um, the message of the hour. And at that moment, that's the moment I decided, you know what? I am done with these denominations. I want to go back to where I want, to where Amen. I came from. Amen. So in other words, uh, that young man sp reminds you of who you are. Exactly. He helps you to come to yourself at that moment. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it doesn't really matter whether you're preaching or not, mm -hmm. uh, but the life that you live can really help restore somebody. Amen. Maybe someone is backsliding or someone has you know, lost hope, but the life that you live uh, will be a, a someone to somebody. Mm -hmm. But the Banam said that... Uh, Instead of preaching me as someone, leave me leave one, me one yes. you know. Um, and so that young man lived you as someone. Indeed. And uh, it, it, it was enough to uh, minister to your heart and say, well, I need to go back home. Mm. And so, so you go back to the church. Yes, so that was in now in 2015, 2015. Mm -hmm. So I, I went back in, you know, to church and, and all those things. I was now very serious. You know, I would yeah. come from school. I would go home. At home, we have this chick chicken pen that we have behind you know i got so challenged i would go in the in the chicken pen it was empty so i would get in there i would pray for four hours straight wow you know going and i'm praying i'm so you know hungry you know to get to know more to get to see the move of god in my life you know i mean these circles i was in these circles of these you know prophets and all these things now i know i'm back in the message and i know that there is something that is in, why is it in the denominations when they preach demons they fall and manifest but in the message of the hour, I have not seen that. Mm -hmm. Why is it that? But yet we claim to have, you know, that very thing. The that power. is, the, Yeah, the power we claim to have. So I was so hungry to, you know, for God to be seen in my life. So I would yeah. pray, I would do all this, I would fast and do all these things, preach in school, testify in the streets. Yeah. But you know, the devil is slick and he's clever. Yeah. You see, all this time, this was me trying. Mm -hmm. Fast forward to 2017, I was in the message of the hour. I was an interpreter in church. Mm -hmm. Then I went to university. Yes. Now this is a different devil altogether. It's different from the one in, in high school, different from the one in primary school. Mm -hmm. You know, now you are free. I wasn't, you, you would go to school even if you'd come back home at around 12 p.m., 12 a.m. in the morning. You still tell your parents, I know what, I was, you know, I was in a discussion, even if you weren't. Yeah. They don't have any way to prove it. Yeah. You are free as a bird. You can do <laughs> literally anything. Yeah. You see now. So I started, you know, uh, fully. I was doing music. Now, uh, how did you choose? How did you choose your course? Uh, I have always had a passion for music. There's okay. a certain brother at church. His name is Brother Silas Mungwagwa. Okay. He used to play the bass. Mm. 
I yeah. loved how he played the bass. You know, I would sit in. That's the only instrument that I could hear. Mm. So I asked him, how he told me, I know I'm doing music in school and all these things. So I grew up with the mentality that I want to go and do music in school. Mm -hmm. So when the opportunity came, I had two choices. It's either to go and do psychology or to go and do music. And mm -hmm. I said, you know what, psychology, I can always do it, but let me chase after my, what, my passion. Mm -hmm. So I went into university and started doing music. Mm -hmm. Now music is a very tricky avenue now. That's where we are now reaching at uh, the place that we have long awaited for. Mm -hmm. Because uh, part of the reason why I really wanted to have this testimony go out is we have uh, a lot of young people that are getting into this trap. Mm -hmm. Uh, the, the trap of music. Yes, now, music is of God. Mm. And uh, we know that Lucifer was a music leader in heaven. And so, if God had a music leader, God must have loved music. That's very true, yeah. And so, I know that uh, I, I, we, we, we worship God through music. And that music brings the atmosphere, the right atmosphere. David, you know, danced. And we believe in music. We mm. believe in dancing. We believe in using all musical instruments. Mm. And we believe in training them as well, training to, 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 to use them as well. Uh, but when I listened to your testimony, I, I was really impacted. Mm. And I felt that there are many others that would want to hear. Mm. And especially there might be some who are struggling mm. in this area and doing things the wrong way. So tell us about uh, your university and the music thing and you are now back in church, you are even interpreting, you are now becoming a prayer warrior, and, and then now you go back to university. So it looks like you've gotten back on your feet now. Uh, you, you're getting older now, you know, you're leaving childish things behind you, and, and now you're going into college, and, and now you choose. Um, I do not know even how you arrived at that choice of choosing to do that course. Yes, you told me that there's a brother who was inspiring you, and he said he was in doing the music school. Did you ever seek your pastor's counsel on that, whether or not you should do that? I did. I actually went to the pastor, and the pastor said, you know what, music is a very good thing. Mm -hmm. You know, besides, after you do music, you can train also our young people now yeah. here in the church. You can groom them, yeah. you know. So before you go there and do music, um, you are innocent. Yeah. You do not know what it entails. You know, you are very innocent. So I, you know, I was so excited. The pastor said, you know what, you can actually go and do music. It's a, it's a good program, you know. Mm. So I went and did music. Mm. So when I got there now, um, I, I grew up in the church. When you grow up in church, you learn instruments, you learn to do things. So when I go to school, I was already a musician. I was, I was already playing the bass. I was yeah. already playing the keyboard. I was already a singer. Yeah. So I get there. In my class, I'm, I'm up there and others, they are following, <laughs> you see now. So, off, you know, there, there's this policy that they had. When you are level one, it's very hard for you to get into the band. But me, I was the first person to be inducted into the band mm -hmm. as a second bassist and vocalist. Right from level uh, one. Right from the get-go, mm. you see now. So when you get into the band, they don't play church music, by the way, remember. Mm -hmm. They play worldly music. Mm -hmm. Now they really play it in, on a professional scale. Give me some of these songs, the okay. examples of them. Some of the songs that you used to play, um, the songs by John Legend. Mm -hmm. They used to play the songs by the legendary James Brown. Mm -hmm. They used to play songs by uh, Suchmore. 
they would play our local music, Thomas Mapfumo, Oliver Mtukuzi, this traditional music, you know, the ones that incite mediums, you yeah. know, <laughs> that kind of music. That's the music that they would play. Yeah. So you are getting into such circles. And remember now, music is very tricky because music has got an influence behind. Yeah. Music has got a spirit and inspiration that is behind it. Mm -hmm. So when you partake in it, there is this spirit that comes over you. I would always wonder, why is it, you know, there is this instrument that we call mbira back home, yeah. that these people who, uh, you know, communicate with the dead yeah. play. Every yeah. time they play it, their heads are going. So <laughs> I used to ask myself, why is it every time they are playing this instrument, they are... <laughs> All of them, three quarters of them, they've got dreadlocks. Yeah. I used to ask myself why. But then you would realize it's an atmosphere that when you start playing, you get into that atmosphere. Literally, you get beside your body and get into that atmosphere. It's like you put on a certain character. You put on a certain thing. Even the way that you dress changes, by the way. Mm -hmm. you, you, you start to wear these shambalas. You start to wear these necklaces with the African map. You start wearing all these funny, funny colors. Yeah. All these funny hats, these funny shoes, funny trousers, you know, funny things. Mm -hmm. Because you are, it's an image. It's not yeah. only sound. It comes as well as an image. It's not only an image. It comes as well as a spirit and, and, as, an, and, and as an inspiration. Mm -hmm. So you start to do things that are very weird and very, very strange. Mm -hmm. You see, I would go into clubs. I was now getting into clubs, playing mm -hmm. in the name of school. In the name of school, yeah. You see, in the name of school, I'm playing in clubs. The band has a session somewhere. The, a certain politician is coming. I go there. I sing a song. Everyone claps your hands. And you know when people clap your hands, you start to feel this, this yeah, certain thing. I'm becoming something. After that... Girls and music, ah, these ones, they are inseparable. Mm -hmm. Girls would come with, without you even asking for their phone number, they would give you the phone number. You know, mm -hmm. I like your voice. Hey, you are so sweet. I, I like the way that you dress. You know, you've got the style. Mm -hmm. You smell so good. Mm -hmm. This and that. They give you all these compliments. Remember, this is not something that you are used to. And now the, the level of these girls now is different from those ones at high school. In high school, they are wearing uniforms. Now in university, they dress different. Mm -hmm. They look different. Mm -hmm. So it's something that is, you know, it's a sight to be old. You're like, hey, this one, she's light-skinned. She came and gave me a number without me even asking. Mm -hmm. Slowly by slowly, you're what? You're drifting mm -hmm. more and more. You're going to bars. These women, they come, elderly women. And by this time, uh -huh. were you still attending church? I was now. But remember, I was now getting hired to play music in different churches. Uh -huh. So it started as a Wednesday gig. And Wednesdays, we used to have service. Tell us about these gigs. Uh -huh. Because, as I know it, uh, there are many musicians, mm. message musicians, mm. that do these gigs. Mm. Especially here in Africa, mm. where there are not many opportunities for jobs yeah. and income generating uh, opportunities. Especially for young people who are not yet up there in in life you're not fully educated yet mm. but gifted mm. musicians and so they, they they do gigs so tell me about this life of gigs all right now the life of gigs is very enticing remember you are doing what you love that's the first thing yeah and you are getting paid for it yeah so it's like killing two birds with one stone yeah uh, you are doing what you love already and you are getting paid to do what you love. Well, I, I don't know which camera you are looking to. I want you to, to look at that, those young people straight to their eyes mm. and, and, and tell them. Tell them. All right? Over here. All right. So, my fellow brothers and sisters, music is a very, it's a rabbit hole. 
it's very enticing, especially these gigs. You are doing what you love and you are getting paid for it. You know, and they pay you handsomely, especially not when you're playing in churches, especially when you play in the world there. The people from the world, they're not stingy with money like the people in the church. People in the church, they will give you $10 for playing the whole service, which is four hours. Uh, but in the world there, for playing for 30 minutes, they'll give you $50. Hmm. So you compare now. In the church, I'm being paid $10 to play for four hours. In the world, I'm being given $50 to play 30 minutes. Where would you rather go and play? In the world. Wow. In the world, exactly. It's getting more money. So it started as just playing in church. Wednesday, we used to have church in my home, in my home church. We used to have services on, on, Wednesday, on Wednesday. And I had a gig on Wednesday. So that means on Wednesday, I'm no longer coming to what? To no longer coming to church. In my mind, we are still serving God. Hmm. But now I'm being paid to serve God. I can now buy a very nice trousers. I can now buy airtime. I can now do this. I can now do this. You know, I'm enabling myself. So as I thought. So it started with absconding Wednesday service. From Wednesday, it became Wednesday service and Friday all night. Mm -hmm. From then, it would become even on Sunday. On Sunday in church, there is more money because it's the main service. They would pay you more money than on Wednesday or on Friday. Mm -hmm. So now I stopped coming to church entirely. I became <laughs> a visitor in church. When my conscience would tell me, man, you haven't gone to church for a very long time. I just go on a Wednesday after school. Just, you know, just to get my names so that they say, you know, and I was what was here. your sitting position in church then when you would go? Right now, when I would go in church, I wasn't doing anything in church. I would just go and sit in church, sit in the back. Yeah. Just to back. quieten my conscience. Yeah. You see? I love the way you say it down in Zim, in the back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, you sit <laughs> in the back. <laughs> oh, yeah, you say in the back. <laughs> we say the back. <laughs> so, exactly. So, you see, I usually say, if a young person... Mm -hmm. You are young, you are energetic, you are strong, and you are sitting in the back of the exactly, church. Exactly. Why? There is, there is a problem somewhere. That's very true. Sincerely, if you see young people sitting, sitting in the back of so the that's church, very true, yeah. when they are seats in the front, mm. there's a problem with there them to begin problem, with. Yes. There's something that they're trying to avo they're avoid in the fire, the ah, place uh -huh. where they, they can be changed, and the place where they can meet God, and the place where they can you know, express themselves to God. That's very what, true. Are you, what are you running away from? Yeah, that's very you know? true. So I noticed, even before you told me, you must have been sitting in the back. Yes, <laughs> I was, I was. I would sit in the back and, you know, once in a while I would call the pastor, ah, Shalom, Dede, how are you? I'm doing well. Ah, no, that's wonderful. How was my mind? I was, you know, my, my siblings. Ah, no, they're all right. Ah, no, that's wonderful. Yeah, and, and you know, when you talk to the pastor and the pastor responds positively, you feel like, yeah, exactly. God, God is still ah, with yeah. me. <laughs> Everything is well. You know, one thing that I've noticed about my pastor is... Yes. He's, he's not someone who's indifferent. Yeah. He's not a bitter person. Yeah. You know, he's very humble. Yeah. Pastor Saidi is very humble. I know. You I know, know. When he never f makes you feel like you are the worst sinner. Yeah. He will make you feel that there is hope. Yeah. Yes, you are backslidden, but there is hope. There is hope. Even the way that you talk to you, ah, oh, my son, you know, yeah. ah, we miss you, and all these things. Yeah. So when he's talking to you like that, and you are like, ah, you know what, after all, I'm, the pastor is still, you know, saying, calling me son. I'm, st yeah. I'm still good. Yeah. You see. And, and you see, this is not only your pastor. It's the attitude of the father. Mm. It's the attitude of God. Exactly. Yeah. I, I don't believe that this message uh, has come to ridicule us condemn or people, yes. uh, pull us out and uh, judge and condemn us. Mm. And, and show us a very tough God who is uh, just about to, to kill and, uh, you know, do something bad to us. So judge us and, uh, you know, take us out of, of, 
uh, of his grace. Mm. And I believe that this is a message of grace. Amen. And, um, and even uh, pastors, it really comes to also show that we have to, to show grace to these young people. Uh, because many of them are running away from church yeah. because uh, they are heartbroken. Mm. Uh, maybe they don't feel they are received in church or maybe because they, they feel sinful or maybe because they feel uh, they, they are rejected. Mm. You know, in the message circles, we have this kind of righteous indignation yeah. about us. You know, someone come dressed in a way that is not usual or speaking or, or you know that so-and-so yeah. might have backslidden or done something bad, immediately become indifferent. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you show them attitude and, you know, yeah. and these things push them even harder and even That's harder into the world. And so it really comes to show that not only, not only the pastors, but even the people, the lady, the people themselves, mm -hmm. we should be more receiving. Mm -hmm. We should be more gracious to That's the people because these maybe young people are struggling and they need God. Uh, they need to find a reason mm. to come back home. That's right. And that reason will always be love. Mm -hmm. Because love will always conquer. Amen. That's yeah. and, and that's why the father received the son. Mm. The prodigal son received him back. Mm. He didn't say, oh no, go back. He said, I, I will receive you. Not, not as a servant. Mm. I will receive you as my son. Because your blood, my blood, is still flowing through mm. your veins. And so the pastor, Pastor Said, and I really appreciate him, is a uh, like you said, a humble man of God. I, I've been in his house, hosted there a few, um, several days actually, and I noticed that he and his wife and family, they're very gracious, That's very good. kind people, and they, they really love the, the Lord and this message with all their heart. And so he, he would, you know, for each time talk to you and he was very gracious to you. He was. Yeah. So he was very gracious to me, and, you know, he would talk to you and you would feel like, you know what, even if I would go back, I still have a place to go back to. Mm -hmm. You see now, that's his attitude. Yeah, that's how he does his things. You yeah. see now. So uh, after that, I was doing all these gigs and everything. So I remember once I almost got killed. I almost died. Mm -hmm. So I became very popular in this secular music. Okay. You know, I hadn't released my own songs, but I would do cover songs. I would sing certain people's songs on weddings. I would sing certain people's songs in clubs okay. and all these things. I was now getting into clubs. And once you get into clubs now, you start drinking. Okay. It's, that's the atmosphere of clubs. You start drinking. You pick up smoking. So I picked up drinking. I picked up smoking. Okay. I picked up women. What exactly were you smoking? I was smoking marijuana. We call Ooh. it weed. Mm, we call it weed. Because... Bang. Exactly. Because, you know, they say that weed is different from cigarettes. Cigarettes, they can kill you mm. uh, because they have got so much nicotine. But the, the herb, as they say, it's natural. <laughs> you see now, you're taking something natural. So you are convincing yourself, no, this is very natural, you know. Yeah. Um, there they are no side effects to this. Yeah. So I picked up drinking. I picked up smoking. I picked up women. There was a certain time when I... What kind of women? Oh, um, just women Little girls, middle-aged, older women. All kinds of women. My goodness. All kinds of women. I remember um, there was a point when I would, I would have... I'm not proud to say this, I but know. I am... You know what? This is my testimony, and I know that probably there's someone who's going through the same thing. Yeah. I would date women my age, mm -hmm. under my age, even way older than me. Mm -hmm. You see... So I would have a girlfriend for every week. 
My God. I would have a girlfriend this week, next week I'm bored with this one because they, I was exposed to a lot of them. And I could pick any, remember I'm a musician, mm -hmm. you know, they're like, ah, you know what, this guy and all these things, he, yeah. he, he's got curly hair, he's got a nice voice, you know, mm -hmm. his skin color and all these things. Mm -hmm. So I would, I had a wide range to choose from outside, this one, this week, this one, next week, until you go to an extent, I remember at one point I played the bass at a certain church and I was training their vocals and there I met an, another woman, she's an old woman, married woman, by the way. She tells me, you know what, I like your voice. I want you to teach my children how to sing. That's how it started. Mm -hmm. Gave me a phone number and all these things. We went to this other camp. There, I did not bring my blankets. She gave me a blanket of her own. She calls me weeks later. You know what, I'm just laying in my bed. And I realize you st my blanket smells like you. This is how the conversation started. Mm -hmm. My blanket smells like you. She gets, you know, she started getting free with me. She started even to call me around 2 a.m. in the morning. I'm bored. Let's talk mm -hmm. and all these things. So from calling me with my name, she started calling me babe. Babe, mm -hmm. this, babe, that, babe, this, babe, that. She was a businesswoman. Mm -hmm. I wanted to get into business. Mm -hmm. So personally. So you, so you felt like this was an opportunity Exactly. In a way, yeah. ah, this is an opportunity for me, you know. And before I know. Before there was I no did, evil in your mind. Like, in my mind. You know, there was living immoral with this woman or something like yeah, that. There was nothing yeah. at all because I'd, I, I was gone. And now I was really gone. I would yeah. drink every Friday. I would get drunk church sometimes i wouldn't even go i would do I, a lot of things mm. pastor i would do a lot of things mm. so i started dating this woman this other time i remember she says you know what i'm going to to Arara. i want to introduce you to a few people in Arara business moguls there you know what and and everything so i went with her to Arara, and when we got there she hired a presidential lodge who you see she's someone who drove these very fancy cars so it was her and her friend and then me we went there, hired a very, a, uh, booked a very, made a reservation at a very fancy, fancy uh, presidential lodge in Mount Pleasant there, and all mm. these things. We went there and, you know, this other time she, told, she tells me, you know what, uh, I want to go, I want you to accompany me to the lodge. Mm -hmm. I want to go and take a shower. This is a married woman, remember? Mm -hmm. She's telling me, accompany me to the lodge to take a shower. <laughs> huh? You know where this thing is going already. Mm -hmm. But I don't know, God had just a way of, you know, keeping me away from it. They got into an argument about me going with her. Mm -hmm. So apparently the friend now got interested in me, oh. of this married woman. Okay. She got interested in me. So now they are fighting. This friend is not married. He's telling the married woman, you are married. <laughs> and you want this young man for yourself. You are married for crying out loud. You see, let me have him. One, li one, one little demon fighting against another, another for you. Another for you. Exactly. So... Personally, when I look at it now, you remember uh, Jehoshaphat when he was, you know, all these kings, they'd come to fight them. Mm. And God made them fight one another. Yeah. So personally, I believe that specifically for that night, God made them fight one another my for my God. sake. My because God. if I had gone, my God. this is a married woman. And it, it was going to go very bad. Huh? And, it, and I just... I, I, when you said that, I just felt the presence of God and I want to speak to maybe somebody who is listening. I, mm. I'm so convinced in my heart, friends, that this is not just a testimony of Brother Prince, but it's reaching out to somebody that needed it at this moment. And I just felt to say to you that the, the, your enemies will fight against one another. Mm. God will fight for you. 
and that's how he fights for you. If only you can, if only you are listening to this. That, that's all it takes. Yeah. It just takes a moment, you know, and, and um, the, the Lord will make it happen for you if you can just believe. And, and brother, please go ahead with that testimony. So they fought and they had these keys to the BMW, you know, those fancy cars. So while it's fighting, one threw the key and smashed against the wall. I don't know what happened to the cords in there. When we went to the car, tried to start the car, the car would not start. The car would not go anywhere. So in, we didn't go anywhere at the end of the day. A few days later or a few weeks later, I received a call on my phone. God. From the husband. Now. Wait a moment. I still can't get this around my head. God put up a fight between these two women mm. in order to protect you. Amen. Well, someone may say, well, what about all these other women and the smoking and the, the things? Well, yes, all that happened and was actually happening. Mm. And this was not a thing for you because uh, it's not the only thing that you had that you would have had uh, you would have had you would have done mm -hmm. but god stopped you from going this far mm -hmm. because he was protecting you mm -hmm. from something you actually did not know exactly. what you were getting yourself into that's very true that's very true so what happened after that the husband calls me on my phone the same day no weeks later after the, all this had happened we went back home Nothing happened for the first week. The second week, the husband calls me. Mm. Apparently, I don't know how he got the messages. Asks me a question. What's going on between you and my wife? <laughs> Try to explain. No, and where are you at this moment? I was back home. In your room? No, I was at work, actually. I was at work. I was sitting in the office. I received a call from a number that I don't know. This very funny number is someone who's linked to the government or something. You know, they've got these numbers that they use, the office numbers. So it calls me with an office number. What's happening between you and my wife? And I'm like, nothing happens because I know him. Huh? I know him. When on our way from Harare, I actually met him. I sat down with him. I spoke to him. But he did not know what was going on. So he says, what's, what's happening? I said, nothing. He says, how do you know which wife I'm talking about? I said, I know you. He says, who are you? I tell him. And he's like, you are that young man that I sit down with. I treated you like my own son. I treated you like my own, my own young brother. And this is what you are doing all this time, having an affair with my wife. I'm coming for you, young man. Do not run away from me. Do not hide. Remember, this is a man. is a, a mkorokoza. <laughs> we call them beko makorokoza. Those people that makorokoza are Makorokoza means what? Uh, illegal gold mine, gold panners or prospectors of gold or what, whatever. It is these people that carry you know, these, these large knives. These, mm. these bullies that will come and they'll cut your head off without even thinking twice, you know, mm. because they've got some protection that they have. We, I don't know, and this is not something that I want to get into. Mm. But so he calls me, I'm coming for you, young man. You, I said, you know what, I'm sorry. He, nothing happened. She's just a friend. How old are you? I tell him my age. Do you know how old my wife is? My wife is 45 years old. Mm. What relationship, what friendship can you possibly have with my wife? Mm. You and my, what friendship can you have with my wife? We have a child the same age as you. Hmm. You see now. So he tells me, don't run away from me. Don't hide. I'm coming for you. You are not sorry. You're going to be sorry. The wife calls me on my phone. Hey, Prince, this is what is happening. Whenever you just say you are sorry, because he's very furious now. Hmm. Hey, don't tell him that you knew that I was married and all these things. Now look at the thing that I'm now in between now. <laughs> I tell you, if there's a time that I prayed, I went <laughs> home. I knelt down beside my bed. 
before all this had happened, my mom had told me, my son, I don't like the way that you're talking with this woman. Yeah. Because I, I'm a woman, I know women. Yeah. This is not going the way that you are thinking that it is going. Yeah. She's getting too comfortable. She's a married woman. Mm. How can she get so comfortable to call you at around this time? And what was your response? My to response your mama? was, I, you know, Mama, that, you know, in the world they do these things. It, besides, I know how to take care of myself. Yeah. So in my mind, I'm like, I'm dismissing Mama. You know what? You have started. My mom, you know, this is something that mothers have. I think it's a gift that God actually gives them. You know, I like to believe that mothers are prophets. Yeah. They can tell if something is going on in your life, even before you tell them. They yeah. can tell and ask you, ah, what's going on? Yeah. So my mother has got that. She's got Mother's this strong, always exactly. Know, always know. She's got this strong intuition. She says certain things, and we deny it. Everyone denies it. Then it goes exactly the way that she said. It's like, yeah. you see, remember that day I told you this and this and this. And like, uh, yeah. So I knew that my mom somehow she knows, and this is what's going to go, what is going to happen. But in my mind, I was dismissing it. So after that, I went home. I knelt down beside the bed. I prayed. And that's why, really, uh, if you have a mother, you need to listen to your mother. Definitely. Because God uses mothers, God speaks to mothers, and if only you can be able to listen to them, uh, if their counsel is godly, listen mm. to it. Even if they're not Christians, by the way. Yeah, Even that's if they're not believers, still God uses them mm -hmm. to help us. Um, yeah, and then you went down on your knees and started praying. And I prayed, and I told God, God, you know me, I never touched that woman. Mm. Remember that day I was supposed to go with her. But because of the fight that they had, I did not go. Mm. At the end, nothing happened. So I had a basis to go before God with it. And I'm like, God, you know what? I never touched that woman. And, and you are praying a prayer. And I'm praying a prayer. Uh, the, you actually, of course, I know you are in desperation at this moment, mm. but you don't even have an idea. I don't. That it is God who actually let that happen. Exactly. So that you'll be able to come to him exactly. on that same basis. On that same basis. I did not know. So I knelt down beside the bed. God, I promise. If you get me out of this one, I'm done with married women. With married women, I'm never. The funny thing is, God hears, and He heard me instantly. That man never called me up to this day. He never called me again. He never sent a message to me again. He just went quiet. He just went silent. <laughs> he was going to come and shoot me. Huh? He was going to kill me. The wife told me, "Says Prince, this is a bad situation. Do not retaliate." Because he always carries a gun. Things can go sideways. He told me that I can make you disappear, young man. That's the <laughs> husband. There's nothing that you can do about it. I can make you disappear. Just like that. Tell me a little more about the prayer you prayed. And everything that you promised God in that desperation mode. In that desperation mode, I promised God. You know what, God? I'm done with this life. If you get me out of this one, I'm done. I'm, uh, for me, it's, this is the end of it. I'm coming back. But you know, God, is, God knows your heart. God knew my heart that I was just saying this to get out of this situation. <laughs> Even after I did, I continued drinking. I continued smoking. Until one day, I remember very vividly, I, was so, I would never used to get drunk. I would drink everyone that I would drink with would get drunk, but not me. But on this particular day, I got drunk. And I told myself, you know what, let me just go in the house and just wash my face. I entered into the house went and stood before the mirror. It was dark. I stood before the mirror passed. I felt convicted. I looked at myself. It's like I could see inside my soul. I felt so convicted. God, what am I doing? I am drifting. I'm lost. I started crying. I had my hands on the sink there. Tears falling down my face. 
God, I'm never going to get to do this. This is the last time that I'm going to drink. I promise. The next day, I got so sick from the alcohol that I drank last night. I got so sick to the extent that I was so sick. People, they call it hangover, but no, that was not a hangover. I got so sick. And that was the time that was close to the Easter meetings, I think, of the year 2020 or 2021. That time, Pastor Mahere, Pastor Tinashe Mahere, was coming yeah, to preach for us. I know him. Yes. I preached for him sometime last year. He is a very important someone in my life that I hold so dear. Yes. Because he plays a very pivotal and important role, as I'm about to tell you. Yes. So, before that, when he came, I talked to him. I spoke to him. I remember, these were the days that I was, you know, we used to pray a lot. I used to sing, and people would get healed just from singing in church. I would sing, and someone would tell you, you know what, I was going through this. Ah, when you sang, this is what happened. So at that particular, the, the, the previous Easter meetings, they came, and they preached, and I sang a song. Uh, I found a friend, a good friend in Jesus. That's mm -hmm. the song that I sang. And the Holy Ghost came down. Then he came to me, and he spoke to me afterwards. He says, young man, there is something that God has put on your life. You know, protect this gift very jealously. I want to tell you, women with this gift, they're like this. <laughs> Be very careful. But even though after that, I went and did whatever I did. When he heard, when Pastor, because he loved me so much. When Pastor Saidi told him that uh, the young man is gone, he got so hurt in his heart. So when he came now, 2021, I think, to preach for us at the Easter, Easter meetings. I was not there. I was at my gig playing at another church in the same vicinity, same area, hmm. the way that I was dressed. So the previous night, he calls my young brother, says, I have a burden in my heart. I want to pray for, you, for your older brother, but he's not here, but I'm going to pray for you. He prays for my young brother. I'm not here. I'm not there. I'm home. At the same night, the same night that he prays for my young brother, that's the same night I walked to the mirror and felt so convicted in my heart. My, that, my, God, my. I'm not going to do this anymore. On the more I was done with the drinking, I go to that church, I start playing bass. Something in me just tells me, you know what, young man, just go to church. I did not care how I was dressed, the way that I was I had these ripped jeans, very nice sneakers, you know, I was, you know, this, this young man, you know, I was playing at a certain church and, you know, you're trying to get the girls as you're playing and all these things. So I go to church like that, I sit in the back. And after the service ends. In the ends, back again. In the back again. After the service ends, the pastor of my head says, you know what, I mean, I'm so happy to see you. He never mentioned anything about, you know, what you've been doing and all these things. No, he did not do that. He showed me love. Yeah. I'm so happy that you are back. You know, That's what we need to do. That's what we need to do. I've been praying for you. In fact, yesterday, I actually prayed for you and all these things. And I tell you, the next day, after that, the next week, I told my friends that I was playing with in these churches, my friends, thank you so much. You've been so kind. We've played together for so long. But you and I, this is the way that we part ways. I'm going back. Remember, I'm so full of sins. But I told God, I'm, you know, you, on Wednesday you preached a message that there is guilt, you know, false, false guilt. guilt. Personally, I believe that what God, uh, the one that comes from God is actually not guilt. I believe that it's conviction. Yeah, that's what it the is. The devil makes you feel guilty. Yeah. But God does not make you feel guilty. God yeah. makes you feel convicted. That's right. So guilt takes you from the presence of God. Yeah. But conviction brings you brings to God. Brings you to God. So I was convicted. I came to God. I told God. You know, I did not have the power to confess then. I was just coming to church with my sins. Every service I would go before the altar, I would cry for my life. God help me. You know the way, the things that I've been through, the things that I've done. I don't deserve to be here. 
I would cry with my life every single day. Until one day, God just spoke in a certain way that he spoke to me. I went to the pastor. I sat down with him, pastor. You know what? I've come to, to make my life right. I'm going to tell you everything, even the things that I've confessed before. I want to turn over a new leaf. I sat down with the pastor. I confessed my sin so bitter in my heart. I got so bitter. You know, when you're out there, let me tell you one thing that I know. When you are a child of God and you have gotten the knowledge of the truth and you go out there in the world to sin, you have no peace yeah. at all. I had no yeah. peace. I wouldn't sleep at night when everyone is sleeping. Even up to today, I'm still affected by it. Mm. I don't sleep. People can sleep. Everyone else can sleep. Me, I'm always awake. Mm. Now, I get awake. I read the Bible. I, I, I listen to music and I listen to the tapes now. But back then, it was me and my thoughts. Mm. Where am I going? What is my life going to be like? But I had no power to overcome. But mm. still, I would feel so guilty. The way of a transgressor is hard. Mm. I lost appetite for food. I got into anxiety. Anxiety, mm. anxiety turned into depression. I started mm. to look at you know, my, these other people that I used to go to church with. You know, they have gone so far in their life, and I'm, so, I'm still behind. I don't have any money. All the money that I used to have, I, de I don't have it anymore. Mm. I used to go in these clubs, and I, would, and I remember even after coming back to church, I had this other gig that I had at this other club called Milan. It's a family restaurant. Mm. So it was a, con a competition for vocals. I would go there, I would sing. And I actually won in the, con <laughs> in the competition. When others went to youth in Zishavani, I did not go to youth because I had a gig that I had to go to on Saturday. My, my, my. And I had to go and sing. And I went and I sang and I won. They gave me money, 500 US dollars. You see, other people started giving me contracts, this and that, and this, but I had to turn those contracts down because now I had given, I had made a choice. I want, I want to go back to church. And the way that I did it was because I said I want to buy a bass guitar for myself. So I'm just going to go to that competition, win the money, and buy, uh, buy the bass guitar. And I did. I bought the bass. I actually brought it to church. It was dedicated in church, that bass guitar that I got there. And I played it in church for some time until I started feeling guilty. You know, we started having <laughs> these all nights with these bro other brothers, friends of mine, you know, brother Tinevim Bongara, brother Michael Chinyai, brother Martin Shumba, you've met brother Martin Shumba, you. yes. Brother we used to go to the mountains, brother Farai Mutamba, Elisha Mpasiri, would go to the mountains and pray. And we told ourselves that, young men, we are going to be very honest with one another. This is a safe space. If you have anything that is bothering you, when we come here, yeah. before we pray, let's talk about let's it. Talk about, yeah. So I would tell them, uh, you know me, I'm having a problem. I'm failing to let go of this girl that I'm dating. I was dating a very beautiful young woman there, very prosperous, f coming from a very rich family. Uh, you know, she was a musician as well, a very prominent musician. She was loved by so many, even the people <laughs> and politicians who had money, they actually wanted her. But she would reject because she, li she liked me. So I couldn't let her go. For me, it was like, it's, it was a drag. But every time I would go up that mountain, I would tell them, my friends, I'm failing to overcome this issue. I'm failing to overcome this issue of playing in, and singing in clubs and all. And we, they would pray for me. We would pray together. There was no judgment. Mm. Uh, brothers, I'm, I'm, I'm troubled by, you know, the spirit of pornography and masturbation. We would pray about it. Mm. And one day, I tell you, God is, the prophet says, even when you, you sin, do not run from the presence of God. Yeah. Stay there. Stay there. God, one of these days, is going to find mercy for you. Exactly. He's going to meet you at your point of need. So he met me at my point of need. I came back. I confessed my life. And slowly by slowly, slowly by slowly, slowly by slowly, all these things passed away. All these things went. They just died and went. So I started, you know, I had a conviction in my heart. You know what? I, I feel like I want to go and preach in the streets there to let these other people know. But I did not want, but I, I was afraid. 
Because in my mind, I'm like, is this even the will of God for me to do that? Before you get to the part of praying, uh, uh, the part of uh, preaching, you, you mentioned about these things, because you see, you've taken quite ta some time talking about them. Mm. But uh, I am sure someone wants to hear a little more mm. on how you were able to overcome them. Did they just evaporate? Did they just go? Did they go slowly? They went immediately? Uh, what, what was the experience like? Okay, for me, the experience was, it was a process. It's not something that I was like, I just woke up in the morning and I said, you know what, I'm done with this. The same, the way that I did with drinking beer and, you know, it, it was different now. Because this, this thing had a different hold on my life. You see, I was an addict to these things. Like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not ashamed to say it. I was an addict to pornography sites. I was an addict to sleeping around. I was an addict to sex itself. Because remember, there was a time I would have a girlfriend every other week. And with this girlfriend, it's not just sitting down to talk. No, it wasn't. You see? So I became an addict. So for me to let go of such things, it was very hard. But it took just praying praying, going to the pastor every day, pastor, you know what, I fell again today. I did, the pastor would pray for me. You know what, but one thing that I tell you, for you to overcome, evil spirits have got uh, uh, a ground yeah. where they operate. Yeah. The reason why we fail to live a victorious life is, you know, you, be, you, are, you are sinning because you are living in Sodom. You go and confess, and after you confess, you go back again to Sodom. It's the breeding ground for that spirit. That spirit will still come back because you are giving it access. You are enabling that spirit to come to you. So what I had to do was to change the people that I hung around with. I had to change the influence. So there are certain things that you had to intentionally do because of what you wanted to do. Exactly. There are certain things life. that you have to do as a Christian intentionally because you know that if I continue along this path, I am going to end up here. Let so, you, so you had to change your friends? I had to. The people you were hanging around, I the places to. you were going to, what else did you have to change? I had to change uh, a lot of. I had to change a lot of things, Pastor. I had to change uh, the sites that I would even go to on my phone. I had to change a lot of things. I had to change the way that I dress. Mm -hmm. I had to change because there are certain spirits that come to you because of the way that you dress. Mm -hmm. You see now, everything. What, what about the songs? I had to change my music. That's one thing that I really had to change. I had to delete. I had more than, I don't know, more than 100 or 200 albums by Eminem, by Jay-Z, by, you know, these uh, Bob Marley's, by the Nina Simone's. By, I knew a lot of these musicians, but I had to change every music that I had. Because the spirits feed on those, on those things. things. They feed on those things. You see, mm. the prophet gives an example and says there was this uh, Apache person who had two dogs. He says, I have two dogs in, in me. They are mm. always fighting. The white dog and the black dog. And the prophet said, which dog wins the fight? He says, the one that you feed the most. So that's the, just how it is. You know, you've got this flesh. You are human no matter how saved you are. Yeah. No matter how filled with the Holy Ghost you are. You are human as long as you are in this flesh. You are susceptible to falling into sin. Exactly. You see now. But now what gives you the power to overcome is what do you feed on? Mm. You have got to change your diet because you are what you eat. Exactly. If you feast on worldly things, you, the, that flesh will overcome. Mm. If you feast on the word of God, that spirit that is in you, that will what? It will overcome. That's right. So I had to change everything. I had to change my music. I had to change the places that I used to hang around. I had mm. to intentionally, these things remember, you have to do them intentionally. 
Mm. You have to come to a decision and say, you know what, I'm not going to hang around you anymore. Yeah. Some of them, you actually had to tell them to their face and say, you know what, my friend, I think where I'm going and where you want to go, there are two different places. Mm. I'm now a Christian. Ah, you, you seem to like your beer too much. Me, I'm a Christian. We don't have any grounds for communication we anymore. We've got to part ways. Mm. I'm not doing this because I resent you. I hate, I hate you. No, I'm praying for you. That one, one of these days you follow in the same light that I'm what that I'm now walking in. Mm. But as of our friendship, mm -hmm. I'm sorry it has got to end here. Mm -hmm. That's how I had to overcome. I had to spend more time with those brothers I would go up the mountain with. We would, we made we devised a way that we would meet even though we have nothing to do. We'd just meet in town, would sit, would go for braai, would talk, mm. with just to you know keep yourself around, you know such people. So and when you do so, Pastor, mm. when you fall in sin. When you just go around to hang with them, you feel convicted in your heart. Mm. After you have sinned to get, to go around such you know such people to to just fellowship with them, you feel so guilty. What do you have to do? You've got to go and, go and confess. So it's an atmosphere now that is encouraging you to confess. Mm. It's an atmosphere that is encouraging you to stay closer to God. It's, it's an, an atmosphere that is encouraging you to stay away from sin because mm. you know that if I get into sin and I've got to meet those brothers on Friday for all night, <laughs> you are so convicted yeah. that you know I cannot go and pray with them. These yeah. guys have been praying, they've been listening to the tapes, they've been you know testifying, yeah. and I'm coming with my sin in you know the circles of these people. I've yeah. got to make my life right. Yeah. So in other words, you had to change um, the places you went to, the friends you kept, your contact My list. My contact list your I contact had to list. change. And, and you know, have a, a new contacts exactly. and people you are now WhatsApping and texting back and forth. And you also had to change your music, you I had to change your dressing, mm. you had to change... Looks like you had to do a, a, a real change. Yeah, yeah, it was a revamp, a renovation of a lot of things. But remember, these things, you don't just let them go. It's slowly... By little by little. Uh, intentionally yeah, taking intentionally the right steps towards the right, the right direction. Exactly. Intentionally. Sometimes you let go of, you know, uh, dressing a certain way. But maybe two weeks later, you find yourself, ah, you know what, I miss the way that I was used to, uh, that I used to dress. <laughs> it was free, you know. You'd go back there, but then you'd feel, ah, you know what, I've got, to the extent that I remember when you came, I used to wear these really, really tight jeans. Uh -uh. Yeah. <laughs> you remember then? You talked to me about it, but, you know, it's something that I had to grow out of slowly. I used to wear uh, ripped jeans. Yeah. Even my friends at church, they knew our prince even wears ripped jeans to church. Uh, yeah. These ones, with, you know, I would just put something underneath so that it doesn't show my skin. But it was ripped anyhow. I, I remember telling you, I was like, how oh, this, this young man has something, but how are these jeans are too tight? Exactly. I have to tell you, uh, brother prince, this jeans are too tight. Exactly. Yeah, it looks exactly. like you're powered into it. Yeah, exactly. I don't know what you thought of me when I said that. <laughs> exactly. So it's it's one of those things. But yeah. you, the more the love that you have for God, yeah. the prophet says it's your attitude yeah. towards God. That's right. You see that. And the another thing that I want to tell you, people, it's not you that has got to try, mm -hmm. because as long as you try, as long as it's you that is trying, you Will can fail. never overcome. That's right. You have for got sure. to come to a certain point where you say, you know what, God, I've tried so many times. You know, on Wednesday I, I ministered. You referred to that mm. in your speech uh, on false guilt. guilt. And I spoke a little bit about God is righteousness. Mm. Uh, th there's so much about people thinking that it's all about, uh, when we, we talk about we holiness and righteousness, yeah. it's all about us trying mm. to be like mm. God, trying exactly. to be holy. It has nothing to do with, with you, you or with uh. me. 
it has all to do with him. Amen. It is his righteousness that he has imputed unto us yeah, exactly. by faith. Because mm. you see, the only thing you have to do is to believe. To believe it. You know, like you believe that mm. this is not you, this is you, and you desire mm. to be righteous, to be and right. you desire to be. So then you, by faith, took steps mm. towards the direction which you desired, desired to. to go into. And then God in the process, gave you his righteousness. You see, I think it's in the message, who is God? The prophet says that if you say you are a drunkard and you want to drink, don't worry, you will start drinking. If you say you are a sinner and you want to sin, don't worry about it. Just along the line, you'll start sinning. Because yeah. God will make your body fall into subjection to your confession. Is the high priest of our confession. Exactly. You read a scripture, they overcame with the blood of the lamb and the word of their what? Their testimony. Of their testimony. You've got to want it. Yeah. You've got to want to change. Yeah. You've got to say, I will change. Yeah. And you've got to surrender to God and say, you know what, God, it has got to be you doing it in me. I'm mm -hmm. surrendering. Mm -hmm. When you fall, do not beat yourself too much. When you fall, go back to God and confess. God, I'm sorry. I did not want to do this. Mm -hmm. You know in my heart, I don't want to sin against you. You pray about it. And God, I tell you, these things will just fall oh, bit by bit. Fall. The more that you build a relationship with God, the more that you spend more time in prayer with God, certain things just begin to drop off. Exactly. It's an atmosphere. It's like a rocket. A rocket, before it's launched, it's as big as this bottle. Mm -hmm. When it's launched, it gets to a certain level. It drops something. It goes higher, it goes to a certain level, it drops something. It goes higher until it's only the capsule mm -hmm. with the astronauts inside. Mm -hmm. That's the same way it is in Christianity. The more that you go higher with God, mm -hmm. the more things begin to drop. Because that atmosphere does not allow you to get in that atmosphere with certain yeah. things. They've got to, naturally they'll drop on their own. It's just like uh, when I was in primary school, there were certain friends that I used to play with. When I got to grade 7 and I passed my grade 7, some of them failed. If they just dropped off. I did not go to them and say, stop playing with me anymore. <laughs> them themselves, they just felt, you know what, ah, this guy is now going to high school. We, are, we have got to go back to, to primary school. And you know what, your conversations, they, yeah. they became different. When I passed my O-level, certain people that did not pass my, their O-level with me, they just dropped off. The same way when I went to university, <laughs> the same way it is when you get in, in Christ. They will just drop off on their own. These people, they start to see, you know what, every time they start to want to speak vulgar, you're like, hey, 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 please, when I'm around, please don't. Don't talk like this. All of a sudden, they start to feel guilt and say, this one is a holier than thou. Do you, uh, do, you know, do you actually know that song of set your wings on the winds of faith? Yes, I know it. Aha, uh -huh. you can sing that chorus? Uh, it's exactly <laughs> what you're saying, talking about. Exactly. So, uh, that's how it is. These things will begin to fall off, but remember, it is not you that has got to do it. Yeah, you've just got to want it in your heart. Yeah, and you you said something that it is your faith. Yeah, someone asked me a question yesterday, actually after the service, I was out there. You know, a certain sister walked up to me and asked, "You know what, brother Prince? You've spoken. I've heard you speak about your testimony, but I want to ask you, how do you overcome so, such things? Because remember, mm. you know what? It's hard. You know what? And I said, you know why it's hard? It's because you are the one who's trying." Yeah. You are trying. That's why it is hard. Yeah. The very moment you stop trying, become, Christianity must not even be hard. It must not. It be. must be. It's a life. It's not like it's hard for you to blink. Yeah. It's not because it's part so of who you are. So if Christianity is part of who you are and it's God who has got to do it, huh, it, these things will just go and they'll just fall away. Yeah. 
So you said something about, you know, it being uh, faith. Faith, the Bible says, faith cometh by hearing by and hearing. hearing the word of God. Yeah. If you stay away from the, from the word of God, yeah. you will never have the faith to believe for you, your salvation and your victory. Or to even overcome at all. You will never. You will live a defeated life. You see now, if you want to see, the prophet actually speaks about it and says, for you to, if you want to see, um, the devil can only get to you when you go outside of that blood of Christ. Mm -hmm. When you step outside of the blood, then the devil has got you. Mm -hmm. You see now? So you've got to stay in that city of refuge. And the word of God is that city of refuge. Yeah. Young people, we have got to stay glued to the word of God. That's right. We are wasting so much time on Instagram. We are wasting so much time on Facebook. We are wasting so much time on so many things. A day that is 24 hours, you realize that 20 hours or 18 hours, you're on your phone. Hmm. Three hours, you sleep. You only have one hour to read the Bible, you have one hour to pray, you have one hour to do all these things and to do other things as well. So you're now just squeezing in God for five minutes and you know what, just for five minutes with God, just for five minutes to read just one chapter or a quotation that has been posted by another sister on their status. That's the one that you read and you are like, I know what, I read the quotation today mm. so I can pray. But that's not it. The prophet says now. Other people will actually take their WhatsApp mm -hmm. and uh, activate all the other charts and groups mm. And all the church groups and the, 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 the believers and the whatever, whatever to do with, with church and, you know, the word of God and God, they will archive it. Mm -hmm. That's very okay. And, and then you just come back to it. When you feel you have a moment, you are bored and you are free, yeah. we'll just give you 10 minutes and just mm -hmm. go through it. And then you're like, okay. Now just, that, to, that's a day. just to silence your conscience. Yeah, just. <laughs> exactly. I've been there. I know exactly what it is. It's to silence your conscience. It's not yeah. because you love God, yeah. but your conscience is telling you, man, you've spent too much time watching movies. Yeah. Um, come on. You start to feel something, you, you know, then you're like, I know what, let me just quiet this voice and just kneel down beside the bed for five minutes and pray. Yet the prophet says, if you spend three hours in the world, equal amount of time in prayer, yeah. you see now, you've got to spend that equal amount of time. Rem think that you have had 18 hours. You are looking at this Instagram post, these naked women, you're looking at all these <laughs> things. You're looking at this one, dressing this certain way, this one, they're speaking a certain language, there's a certain music that is playing there, and in your mind that song is already playing, you are humming it, and you're mm -hmm. not even aware that you are humming the song that was sung by Beyonce some, some time ago, you are humming it, but you saw it on what? You saw it on Instagram. On Instagram. Or you asked me in the afternoon, there's this song that I was singing, that song. It stuck with me because I was on Instagram looking at this other friend of mine. He's a bassist. He's the one who taught me bass. His name is called Liberty Chinoriri. So I was, he, was, he played a cover to that song. And I listened. I, I was like, you know what? This guy he knows how to play. I switched off my phone. And it's been two days now. I've been singing that song back to back. <laughs> I've been singing, but simply because I saw it on an Instagram reel. Yeah. Now imagine how many things you are seeing on an Instagram reel. Some of the things are not music, but yeah. they get in your mind, they influence you, how yeah. you think. Along the line, you see now you... Well, some of us, at some point, I had to delete Facebook. I had mm. to delete, you know, all those Instagram and, you know, social media. I had to completely delete it off of, off of my phone because mm. I needed time to focus, to focus on the ministry, to focus on... Um, on on time with God, on family, on on, on you know studying, to, you know for the ministry and and things. So you see, if you know what is good for you, you intentionally do things mm. to help you 
achieve the desired end. And you were going to say the prophet said something and then I interrupted you. I don't know whether you remember what you wanted to say. Uh, just now? Yeah, a, few, a while ago. Uh, I have forgotten. Well, then again, uh, you were talking about prayer and how mm. prayer really got you to this place uh, of, of victory. Mm. You know, it, it was yes. I know I, uh, all this came because I, I was asking you to tell us a little more of, on how you overcame these things. And uh, uh, then, of course, prayer, coupled yes. with prayer. It mm -hmm. was not o only going slowly by slowly and hearing the word, but also prayer. prayer exactly. And you were not praying alone. Mm -mm. You had a group and a team that you were praying together. So you see, we have to pray one for another. The Bible That's says confess your, your faults or your sins one to another mm. and pray one for another. Mm. And, and, and so that is very important. I mm. believe that that was part, um, has formed part of your victory. Yeah, that's very true. And so, so then you said you came to now a place where you now can say, that is behind me. Exactly. Drinking is behind it's me. Behind Smoking me. is behind me. Women is behind me. Uh, or do you still go back to this stuff? No. Mm. So yesterday, when I was having that conversation with that sister, she says, you know what, but sometimes you, you feel like, you know what, I want to do this. And I say, yeah. you know what, the reason why you want to do it is because the desire is still in you. Yeah. You are running from sin with your body, but your heart still yeah. is in it. Yeah. Your body is the one that is running, but your yeah. heart <laughs> is still there. Your, your heart still exactly. desires. So as long as your heart is still there, as long as you still have that desire for sin, yeah. no matter how much you might try to avoid it, you go back to it. Yeah. You see now? you will still go back to it. So I, I can safely say that God has worked on the desire. For yeah. me, it has been the desire that God took care of, yeah. of these things. I used yeah. to like whiskey a lot. Yeah. I used to like it. They, Think about it. They, Think about it. They used to have um, this Some one. believers even say, it's not written anywhere that we should not drink. Ah. So we'll then talk about this. Did God take away that desire for whiskey? For me, totally. I used to love whiskey a lot, Pastor. You know, that smelled just, hey, I feel like, you know what, I want to. You feel you, know, you are already in the anointing of whiskey. And it's, <laughs> it's, it tastes sweeter, you know, than, than all these other things. It's so nice, you know, it's smooth. It's, yeah. You know, it's got this thing to it. Huh? Yeah. Plus, you know, when you are, it's got the style that it has. You know, this guy has got style. He drinks expensive beer. You know what, it's expensive. So... When I was there in the world, I would never, not at one point, f lack money to buy whiskey. Hmm. I was never too broke to get drunk. Hmm. I will tell you the honest truth. I was never too broke. Goodness. It was after I came into the message that I would fail to even get money to go to church. <laughs> but when I was out there, every Friday we are going out, every Friday we are going to drink and we, are, we would spend more than $150 on different types of beer. My God. Of whiskeys and all those things. But after that, Right now, if I pass through by someone who has been drinking, that smell on its own, I feel like I want to vomit. Mm -hmm. This is me. And this is not only you, my precious brother. It is everybody that has received that dose of the Holy Ghost. Exactly. And I, I think I, w this is what we need to tell the young people. Look, you, you don't, the moment you receive a dose, a, a good dose of the Holy Spirit, you will not even have to debate whether or not it's written anywhere that mm -hmm. you, you, you should not drink. You should not drink, yes. Because you see, the Holy Spirit will take away the appetite. Mm -hmm. 
just like a drunk woman uh, rather a pregnant, pregnant woman, woman yes. if she's pregnant she doesn't have an appetite for things she would normally do mm. so we would normally want to drink would normally want to smoke would not normally want to go uh, uh, live immorally but you mm. see when you receive a dose i call it a dose of the holy ghost yeah, right. amen when you receive that experience when you meet god face to face mm. when you have that encounter with god when yes. you have that experience yes, that desire dies and it dies permanently mm -hmm. it cannot stay right in there it, it goes cannot, it cannot. to the extent that you even detest the smell of whiskey exactly exactly so for me it's ah the smell on its own hey it's really you know i feel the, the that, that feeling that you you know what you want to throw up you know these days i'm i'm even allergic to smoke hmm. if i pass through by someone who's who's smoking I get home, my eyes are so itchy, my nose is, you know, you're having those gr gr sounds in your ears. And yeah. You are constantly, you know, that's, but I used to smoke. Mm -hmm. Remember, I used to smoke. Wow. But now if I just pass by someone who's smoking, I already have problems. Well, the song says, I've been changed. Exactly. I've been reborn. Amen. My whole life has been rearranged. Amen. What a difference it makes. Mm -hmm. You see, when the Lord comes in your life, mm -hmm. He completely changes you. Whereby, imagine a man who used to smoke, but mm. now would become allergic, allergic to, smoke. to smoke. Tell me about that. Tell me about that. Exactly. If it is not the Holy Spirit. That's right. So, you see, if anybody is struggling with these things, if you're struggling with pornography, if you're struggling with smoking, if you're struggling with immorality, you don't need to beat yourself of, or even try to mm. stop all you need to do is to yield to the Holy Spirit and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. The day you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you will never have that desire again. Mm. It dies permanently. It dies. We are hearing Brother Prince's testimony, but, but we've have, we have a lot of testimonies of people like this. Mm. That can tell you I had desire for this, desire for that desire, but now it's gone. Amen. And you can't find it anymore. It's the, 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 you know, you're a new creation. You know, if we do not have people like you, how can we even testify of the saving power and yeah. uh, the redeeming power of the blood? That's right. Uh, you see, Brother Prince, apart from communion, I've never had whiskey in all mm. my life. I've never smoked. I've never. I remember when I was about uh, five years or six years, you know, I, I, we used to see people smoking, you know, on the road. And so I picked a pepper. I said, let me try smoking. So I lit it mm. and I put it on my lips. I, I, I coughed and coughed and coughed. That was the last I said, I'll never try again. <laughs> so, so I do not know really what it feels like to smoke mm. uh, or what it feels like to drink or what it feels like. So sometimes we preach these things and, and the people be like, ah, pastor doesn't know what he's talking about. He's talking because about. he has not experienced this yeah. kind of life. Yeah. He has never been into, into the club. Mm. Uh, so what about this man then? What will you talk about this man? Amen. You see, I'll tell you, it's not about whether I've experienced it or not. If I preach it, it's by inspiration and it works. And here's a living testimony to tell you that no matter how much you've gone, how deep in sin you've gone, amen, there is power in the blood. There is power in the, in the power of the Holy Spirit. The moment you receive the Holy Spirit, you are changed and you are changed forever. Amen. And uh, so, brother, you were then talking about when you received this change and uh, this experience with God, then you took to street, street preaching. Yes, I actually did take to street preaching. Uh, it was after you had come and you had, to, you had spoken to me. Uh, my dad always, you know, he always knew somehow. He always spoke to me about it somehow, you know. I don't remember exactly what I spoke to you about. I know that we were in, in this uh, campgrounds that... Mm. 
at Ingueru. Ingueru, yes. And then I know you interpreted for me and uh, as I was preaching, I received the revelation that this young man uh, has ministry, blah, 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 blah. I don't remember exactly how I phrased it. Do you remember? I do. What, you, what was the words? After, after, after service, I was in the tent. You actually sent a brother to call me. Okay. I was in the tent there. So I brother Paul Mutimutema, he came and said, Brother Prince, the Pastor Talema wants to talk to you. Okay. So I came to the car where you were standing by, the pastor's car. And you said, um, young man, you preach. That's, the word. That's exactly what you said, young man, you preach. I said, uh, no. <laughs> Brother Nyasha Ushe was there. He can attest to this. I said, ah, uh, no. And you said, no, I'm not asking you. <laughs> I am telling oh, you. I remember you that. Said, yeah. yeah, you actually said, I'm not asking you. Yeah. I am telling you. And I'm telling you this under inspiration. Yeah. When you were praying there, you know, the Holy Spirit came and I felt that I should come and pray with mm. you. I w actually wanted to come and pray with you, but the Holy Spirit told me, no, don't mm. pray with him. Let me deal with him mm. when he's there on the altar. Mm. Then after that, then you spoke to me and said, mm. you know what, um, I, you, I, are, you, are, you, are you a preacher? I said, mm. I know I don't preach. Mm -hmm. You said, I, no, I'm, I'm not asking you. You even went to the extent of telling the pastor, and you said, Pastor Said, if you will not let this young man preach in your pulpit, <laughs> the first time that he's going to preach <laughs> on the pulpit will be in my church in Uganda. <laughs> and it happened exactly the way that you, the way that you said it. So after that, I, I went and I spoke to the pastor, and yeah. the pastor, I remember, he actually said, you know what, I know. I think you remember. He said, I know that this young man has got... Uh, yeah, afterwards he, we spoke to him. He said, exactly. I, 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 yeah, I He's, remember those Yeah, he actually said comments. that I, I know already. Yeah. So with Pastor Said now, he, what he does is that he won't come and tell you you are supposed to come and preach in church. Yes. He says, if God has called you to preach, go and preach. Yes. It does not necessarily mean go and preach in the church. Yes. Go and preach in the streets. Yes. If God has called you to preach, yes. there's one way that you can earn, that you can really know that God has called you to do yes. something. Try it. And yes. if it's God is in it, God will prosper it. Yes, that's right. So I was having this debate where I wanted to say, I was having this debate in my heart. Should I, should I not, should I, should I not go and just testify in the streets? So I remember one day, you know, I had uh, the, the Holy Spirit spoke in my, in my heart countless times and I would say ah, you know what I'm not going to do it I'm not going to do it I'm not going to do it then I remember one day I was in a in a taxi going into town there was a man who was sitting in front of me he was he was drunk was holding a bottle uh, he was drinking all of a sudden that man started to preach he started to preach the coming of the Lord is nigh I know you are judging me because I'm holding this drink. I do not even want to drink myself you know what <laughs> he, he was like so frank and so open and he uh. looked at me and said, am I lying? My brother, am I lying? He was asking me, am I lying? I said, no, you are not lying. You are telling the truth. I felt so convicted. The Holy Spirit asked me a question. So you are now going to let drunkards preach to preach me? Preach to you instead of you preaching Instead to them. of you preaching to them. I felt so convicted. After that, I went and I spoke to the pastor. I said, you know what, pastor? This is what I've been feeling. Yeah. And the pastor said, uh, my brother, if God has called you to go and preach, go and preach. So... After that, we had an all night. After praying and everything, I was sleeping in my bed. Everyone slept. So me, I, I hardly fall asleep. So I was sleeping. I was just laying in the bed and I was thinking, so with this whole preaching thing, this whole street preaching thing, hey, uh, this is hard now. This is hard. So at the same time that I'm thinking about it, a certain brother, a friend of mine called Brother Job Musasa, sends me a short video of Pastor Perry Green 
when he was talking of how he, the prophet helped him to know the will of God in his life. He said, if you have a desire for it, that's the first thing. Is it scriptural? That's the second thing. The third thing is God will finance it. That's how you know, get to know the will of God. Yeah. So at the same time, I'm thinking, I'm asking myself, how do I know the will of God pertaining to this issue? At that very same moment, that brother, out of the blue, remember, it's very, very early in the morning. He just sends me that, that uh, out of nowhere, he just sends that to me. I, I read it. Ah, I felt so convicted. The next week, we started this, we, call, we called it a combi ministry. In the combis, we know, we just started as a joke. We're sitting after church, we'd sit in the back of the, of the combi, there, going into town. So, this combis, taxis, in taxis, exactly. Yeah. We call them combis back home. So, we're sitting there with the brothers, we just say, ah, brother, you know, you are going to make Brother Fry to preach today in the combi. We are just going to make him to preach today. Don't tell him about it. So when everyone sits in the combi and is going home in the taxi, one brother would just say, uh, good evening, parents. I would like to greet you all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what? Ah, we were just coming from church today and we have a brother with us today. He's feeling, you know, the push of God in his life to just share with you a few words. Brother Farah is going to preach to you today. Brother Farah is not even aware that this is what is going on. <laughs> but everyone is now listening. Brother Farah has got nothing to do now. He has got to speak something. <laughs> After he speaks, he says, like, Brother Prince is going to speak as well. You know, so he just started something like that. And it graduated, it graduated, it graduated. Until one of these days, I went into the, into the streets there. I just said, God, I'm just going to go there. I just went. And that's just how this whole preaching thing started. Preaching in the streets. And I remember one day, it was very vividly, I was supposed to go with some of the, my friends to go to preach together. They did not show up. And I told God, and I'm like, ah, today I'm tired. And my friends did not come, so I'm going home. I was in the office, I'm going home. The Holy Spirit is saying, they are, are they your friends that called you to do this? Mm -hmm. That today you will tell me that because your friends did not come, so you are not going to go. Mm -hmm. It's your friends that called you to do this. Or you preach because of your friends. And I said, ah, you know what, I'm just going to go home. And he said, go home. You, you want to go home? Go and let's see if you're going to get there. Pastor, I, sh I shook in my shoes. That voice was so vivid. He said, you want to go home? Go home and see if you're going to get there. Go home. <laughs> I remember, the only thing I remember is I was holding a Bible. In the How I left the office, I don't know. <laughs> I remember I'm just standing there in front of the people at this passport office. The passport office is there. Well, there are so many people there. This is I'm in just, now. No, it's in Gweru. Gweru. Okay. I'm standing there in front of, you know, and I'm just with my Bible and I'm reading. Uh, it was already too late. That was the same one that I was preaching there. It was already too late and I'm preaching to them. I don't even know how I got there. I don't know. But what I know is after that sermon, three people came to me. They gave me their number. Ah, brother, you know what? I, I really like the way that you were preaching. You know what? This is, these are my numbers. And I sent them over to my pastor. and said, you know what? My pastor can actually help you, you know, better than I can. I'm just here just to, just to let you know. And all these things happened. Then I moved to Arara. I started preaching on First Street. Met also friends there who were preaching on First Street. And I would preach on First Street. Went to church. Met Pastor Chigudu from Eastley who is the pastor for a satellite church, Eastly Satellite Church in Chitungwiza. One day he just calls me, come brother, and go and preach for us today for an all night. We went there and we preached. And that's just a whole, how this whole preaching. And several started. souls have come to the Lord through they your have. street ministry. They have. Like, do you have a few that you can tell us? Yes. Uh, there's quite a few. There's another brother called Brother Simba. 
Brother Simba does not stay in Gweru. He stays outside of Gweru, but he was there because of school. So he bothers me every time on my phone. Ah, brother, I no longer see you, brother. Where are you, brother? You know, all these things. Certain different people, uh, even in Harare. I remember the last sermon that uh, we preached on First Street. It was the last sermon for last year on, on Facebook. It is there. I was with brother Daniel Godza, a friend of mine from Chimani Mani. He came from, from uh, Chimani Mani, came to Harare and said, we, I just felt like you and I should go there and just preach for just for the last time before the year ends. We did, and I, that day, I, five souls, if I'm not mistaken, five souls came right. to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so you can see that the, the, there is fruit. Because you see, Brother Banam speaks of in the Church Age book of the way, the pattern mm. of every true ministry. Mm. And um, how you are able to know that truly God has called you. You see, uh, it has to be through the, the, that pattern. Mm. Like, you know, Paul was true to the word and uh you know we take the pattern of paul because he was the first church age messenger to mm -hmm. the Laodicean, uh to the to the uh, gentiles Asian, Asian, yeah. and so and and so he was sent to the Ephesians, but of course he was the one that mm -hmm. opened the door for the gentiles mm -hmm. so we see that he was true to the word and also he uh, he was a man of the spirit mm -hmm. and as well as there was fruit Full in his ministry exactly. and so god manifested himself vindicated him but also part of the vindication is the fruit area and, and you know if there is no fruit in what you are doing then we don't we're not too sure if god has sent you mm -hmm. or if god has sent you to so it's not about the man telling you god has sent you it's not even about you thinking or presuming it's about god confirming that i am with you i've sent you like he said i'll be with you and in you yeah. after the end of the world, the of the world. And, and so we see uh when it you know um I used to hear those testimonies, oh, I'm preaching on this street, or I'm preaching on that street, or this is mm -hmm. happening, or that is happening. Mm -hmm. I, I was really uh, encouraged by that, and I really wanted you to come also to the meetings. And uh, it was very difficult, but, um, you know, at that last moment, the Holy Spirit spoke to me vividly mm -hmm. that I needed to invite you. A mm -hmm. And so that's why I did it. I, I don't usually do things uh, just for just. That's I usually do things even when I do not know why. Mm -hmm. But if the Holy Spirit has told me, I need to do this. I do it. Mm. And um, to you who is hearing, I know you've had a few comments by the prince saying the Holy Spirit. I'm saying the Holy Spirit, you know, God speaking, God speaking. Mm. And sometimes you see in the message, we don't want to hear such language. But um, the reason why I have s had to say those comments as well is because I believe in the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit. And I know he speaks because the Holy Spirit is... But the Banam told us he's not a thing. He's a person. A person yes. and, and he speaks. Mm. So, and if you do not know how he speaks, you need to have an encounter with him. And when you have an encounter with him once, mm. he will certainly speak to you in a way that you will understand. Mm. And so, uh, I know it's been almost two hours, and uh, we do not want to overstay, and, and, and then the people will get tired, especially those who will listen to this later on. Uh, but do you have, I have a few comments I wanted to read to you, but before we do that, uh, and if anybody is following and you want to send a comment, I'll read it while we are closing. You can go ahead and do that. Maybe you can drop a comment on the, on the chat here on, on YouTube. I'll read it. Maybe a message to Brother Prince or anything. Uh, you wanted to say something, uh, before we close. Okay. Yes. Before we... Uh, many people will think that I'm a pastor. No, I'm not a pastor. Personally, I don't believe God called me to be a pastor. 
if there is one thing that I'm afraid of is being a pastor. Personally, I just believe that I'm supposed to preach out there in the streets. That's what I believe personally. I'm just supposed, you know, just this guy. And that's what every preacher is supposed to. <laughs> exactly. And number two, uh, the one one of the other ways of knowing that you are called of God in the ministry, you will try to run away. You try to say, well, I'm not anything. I'm not even a preacher. That's one of the ways we know. Because Brother Banham says the man that is fighting for it is not the man that is called for it. But the man that is trying to run away, the man that is, that is the man for the job. You see, so that, that's a clear sign, my brother. We, we've had you here minister to us, and you've been a blessing twice. You've preached in our assembly. And uh, some pastors have also been informing me that they would want to hear you minister to them. I know from here you will also... Uh, visit Kenya. I know so, saints from Kenya. Some of them will be watching this as well. I know they'll be blessed by your ministry there, especially having had your testimony. And uh, I, I personally really desired for you to speak to us and also uh, share this testimony because young people need to know that this is not this is not something we've learned or this is not something that uh, we are doing because. Um, we are accustomed to it. This is an experience. Yes, it's an experience we've gone through. It is God that has made real uh, this message to us. And Amen. so it is something from the heart and not something from the head. Mm -hmm. And uh, also another thing that is significant there is to show that when God surely calls somebody and fills them with the, with, with the Holy Spirit and gives them an experience with him, they'll be concerned. Mm -hmm. See, they'll be concerned. Uh, it, it did not end like well, then uh, I became a very good church member, mm -hmm. you know. And Pastor then when it happened, I took to the streets. Pastor I started, yeah. Pastor said he calls them good for nothing. Yeah. There is a very good brother. Yeah, but, but good, for good for nothing. But he's good for nothing because he doesn't do anything. <laughs> Don't be good for nothing. Do something <laughs> for the Lord. Anything, yeah. Go on the streets and preach. Now we have YouTube. Go on YouTube, get a channel, preach, sing, mm. do something for the Lord. Uh, you know, do tracts. Distribute them around the neighborhood. Even if you're a sister, you can distribute those tracks. You can do, do something for the Lord. Don't be too idle. Don't be good, good for nothing. Yes, too sir. good in the church, but good for nothing. Mm -hmm. Do something for the Lord. Let us fire up this generation. Let, let the people know. Let this generation know. There are people that are not like the world, mm -hmm. not in the world, mm -hmm. but we are not of the world. The world yes. and, and let them know that we have a message in the land. God has sent a message. A message of restoration. Wow. Let them know. And who is going to let them know? It is us. It is us. Yes, sir. It's not somebody coming from the moon or, or an angel coming with wings. Mm -hmm. It is us. That's right. Going to do that. Mm -hmm. And so uh, there, uh, uh, there's somebody who was saying, uh, uh, God bless you. That's a good testimony. I think this is Brother Benjamin. God bless you, Brother Benjamin. Someone was saying, I'm touched by the warm testimony. I felt God is telling me something. God bless you. Uh, I, your name is not so clear, but uh, at least you can know that the testimony has been a blessing to someone and God has been speaking to them. And uh, this is saying, wow, is this the brother? Uh, I, 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 is the brother still in Uganda? <laughs> yeah, he's still in Uganda. I think these are the people who came to the meetings. I remember the brother could sing. Oh, yeah, he could sing. And, <laughs> and he sure went in the world and sang, and, and the devil got him into trouble, but Jesus took him out. Praise Amen. the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, he says that this is exactly what I wanted to tell Brother Prince. God called man always run away. Yeah, yeah. So your message has reached. God called man 
always runs away, and, and, and that's the truth. Uh, but they cannot run away forever. The God will always uh, get them back. And I think this is the sister you were speaking to after the service uh, that you referred to her a little bit here. I will not speak her name, but you, you remember her. So she says, Pastor, this is a private message to me. I've got so convinced by this testimony, I think I got a change. And she's in tears. Oh. I say, if this is what it, it was all for, then it's been worth it. Amen. Amen. My sister, if you, you, it's not a thought. It is a revelation and inspiration that you have received. And, and we're going to pray for whoever that is struggling, that uh, God will be able to visit you like he visited our brother. And brother, I, I really felt also to pray for you over something before we close, uh, that uh, this after effect, you know, of whatever else you are in, and you say that sleep. The scripture says that God giveth, gives his beloved sleep. Before we end this, I'm going to pray that God will give you sleep Amen. in the night. Every night you will have, if you want 12 hours sleep, God will give it to you. You don't have to take medicine for it. You don't have to be worried because you see if it is restoration, it has to be perfect restoration. Amen. And there's a brother who says, I mean, I, I just like the entire setup of this interview. I just see a brother speaking his heart out to another brother. Wow, God bless you. And I said, Brother Geoffrey, God bless you as well. We God really appreciate you and all the brothers and sisters that have been watching this. So, uh, and I think we now need to pray. I'm going to pray for you, and you are going to pray for the listeners. Everybody else that has been struggling, everybody else that has been going through things, or maybe they've been going through things that you have, uh, or they're going through things that you have been, or you had been going through. And I want you from your heart to speak to them your last words and also to pray for them from your heart that the Lord will do something for them. Thank you so much, Pastor, for the, for the opportunity. It has been really nice to be, to be here. And it, if there is something that really touches my heart is to know that your testimony has touched another person. Amen. You see, God does those things for reasons that we might not know. Mm. And I tell you, today I used to regret this path that I had taken, mm. but now I don't even regret it because okay. I know that the, the footsteps of the righteous, they're ordered by the Lord. Yeah. So what the, the few words that I have got to say to you, my fellow friends, is that you have got to want the life. You have got to want it. You have got to confess it. You have got to do things intentionally that safeguard your salvation. The Bible says, work out your salvation with trembling and fear. You have got to. You see, mm. do not take this whole Christian uh, life as a joke or as a job. Christianity is not a job. Christianity is a life. That's right. Christianity is, is clothed in blood. You, that's one thing that you have really got to be, you know, if God is jealous about anything in this world, God is jealous about blood. That's right. To the extent that God said even the blood of animals, you shall not eat it because there is life in the blood. So if God is jealous about blood, and this message is covered in blood, if you take it for granted, I tell you, God will do something about it because he's jealous of blood. Mm. People like Paul, people like Peter, people like Martin Luther, people like a lot of those people, those saints of old, they had to die for this gospel. Mm. To mention even God himself had to die for this gospel. Right. That we take so lightly as though it's something that I can do without. Mm. You see, please make a decision now before it is too late. Because there will come a time 
when you will want to make this decision. But like Esau, you seek for a place of repentance and find none. While it's still called today, before you even sleep, if you have an opportunity to speak to your pastor, if you have an opportunity to go to your parents and say, Mama ended, I'm sorry, please do it. Because tomorrow is not guaranteed to any one of us. So that's one thing that I've got to say to you. You have got to want the life. You have got to stay in prayer. You have got to confess it. You have got to do things to the best of your power. There are some things that you have got to do, Pastor. God, we believe God does things. But there are some things that you have got to do yourself as a believer. That's right. You see, God will not come and wake you up in the morning at 3 a.m. and tell you, wake up and pray. You have got to make that decision yourself to wake up at 3 a.m. and pray. You see, you have got to make that decision to confess your life. God will not confess your life for you. You've got to make that decision yourself to say, you know, go, God, I don't want this anymore. I want to live a clean life. You have got to go with your own two feet and sit before the pastor or the elder or whoever it is, even though it is, it is very shameful for you to do that. But it's necessary for you to do that. And with those words, friends, God bless you richly. And uh, there is uh, a sister that says they've been blessed so much. Uh, and sister by faith with all our family and uh, also sister can see me says god bless you brother i think she's in boston Amen. uh we would like to have you now pray for uh perhaps somebody's watching now Amen. or they will watch this later mm. but they need to break out of certain things like these maybe it's alcohol mm. maybe it's a spirit of um, you know, uh, you know, drinking or smoking or women or men or you know immorality and and you see they do not know how to break out of it. Mm -hmm. They want to break out of it. But they do not know how to. Maybe what the prayer can do is to bring them to a place Amen. where God can begin to work on them. Amen. Uh, you know, I, I believe that prayer changes all things. Mm -hmm. You know, in your story, as you're speaking to us, it was prayer that did it. Mm -hmm. As much as you are hearing the word, as much as you went to church, as much as it is prayer. Mm. Amen. First, the prayer of, of, of pastor of your pastor, mm. then Pastor Mahere in, in, in South Africa, mm. and, and then now you and your friends. Mm. You see, so as you know, the prayer you're going to pray now might be like the prayer of Pastor Mahere. Amen. When he came in Gweru, he never found you. You were in some other churches. And, you know, doing some gigs right there, which I don't believe that any believer, any musician should really do gigs, mm -hmm. you know, because we've seen how fight can take a person. And while you were there, the Holy Spirit moves him to remember you. Mm -hmm. he, he calls, you are not even there, but he calls your brother and he prays over your brother mm -hmm. by proxy mm -hmm. on your behalf. Mm -hmm. And that prayer met you where you were yeah and while looking at the mirror there it was it struck you Amen. prayer moves like waves mm -hmm. prayer changes by the banner says it's the greatest weapon that we have ever been given and it started all by prayer mm. and while you're praying now it might be through the waves we're just right here in namgongo and um, we are seated uh, around you know on these benches and some people are watching us, maybe from so far, maybe in some other country, maybe from, you know, I don't know, we, we, uh, by following our statistics, we, we, 
a lot of people follow this channel and, and you know, listen, to, you know, we hear from them back and forth, some from, you know, as far as uh, the US and, you know, Canada, very many from, you know, those places, some even sometimes from New Zealand and, you know, across Africa, many countries. And I know somebody might watch this and they've been going through something and, and uh, this prayer will be a point of contact for them, for God to begin a miracle in their life, a miracle of change. That's the greatest miracle, a miracle of salvation. So, you know, just be led by God and we just humble ourselves and you pray for that person. Let's pray. Precious, gracious Heavenly Father, we come before you with humbleness of spirit and brokenness of heart. Jehovah, knowing that it is not of our own doing that we are here. Some of us, Jehovah, you dragged us from the mud when we did not even want. I was not even prepared to come back, Lord, but you had to drag me back home. Lord, there is another person who is somewhere I do not know, but Lord, you know where they are. They are going through certain things that I not know that I do not know, but you know them, oh God. Lord, and I believe that you do not have any backslidden children, you just have children. Yes, At one point you had to rebuke the prophet for calling all those unbelievers rickies and ricketers, Lord. Yes. You say them, do not call them that they are my children, Lord. Heavenly yes, Father, Jesus. I am not in a place to judge anyone. Because if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, Lord, I would have been buried, Lord. I would have died, Lord. I would have been in an accident. I would have been a crippled person right now, oh Lord. But Jehovah, what you've done for me, Lord, may you do it for them as well. May you touch their lives, Lord. May you change them, oh God. You only have the ability to change a man's heart. Lord, you could change even Lady Maccabee, Lord, that the, the society people had given up on her. But Heavenly Father Jehovah, oh God, you gave her a new life, Lord. Oh, what about Sister Rosella, a drunkard and alcoholic, Lord? Heavenly Father, you came and you changed Heavenly Father. What more our prophet, Heavenly Father, you changed him, Heavenly Father. Jehovah, oh God, you took a Paul who was a murderer and you changed him, oh Heavenly Father. You took, oh God, Heavenly Father Jehovah, oh God, a Peter. Heavenly Father Jehovah, oh God, who was a barbarian and you changed him, oh Lord. You took a Matthew who was a thief and the collector and you changed them oh god what more heavenly father jehovah your children who are hungering and thirsting lord jehovah who are in desperation heavenly father oh god like that old saint who said if you will not give me the holy ghost now you will find my pile of bones here heavenly father jehovah they are there in their seats they are there in their beds they are there in their workplaces heavenly father i commit them in the name of the lord jesus christ and say satan lose them now satan you have no right over them I claim them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I apply the token upon their lives. I claim them for the glory of God. You evil spirit, let them go. Make way for liberty. Speak liberty in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let them who are bound by chains of habit, who are bound by chains of addiction, who are bound by chains of circumstances, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, because of the blood that never loses its power, we speak the blood of the Lamb upon their lives. Set them free. Let them go. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I speak to all generational spirits. I speak to all spirits that enable things that are evil to happen to your children. Oh God, we cast them out in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Satan, you have no place. I serve you with a reverse order. I serve you with a notice right now. Pick your things and go. Let them go. Let them free. Who art thou, great mountain before Zerubbabel? 
we shall be made a plane. We make you a plane. Oh Lord, we pray just once more, just once more, Lord, just once more. Restore their strength, restore the happiness, restore the joy of the salvation, Lord. Restore them back to their places, oh Heavenly Father. I pray, Heavenly Father, Jehovah, for this young man, Lord, living in this world of sin, living in this world, Jehovah, of gross darkness, Heavenly Father. But you promised us that there shall be a light in the evening time, and we are in the evening time, oh God, even literally right now in the evening time, Lord. May that light shine, Lord, across the face of the earth. We know that prayer changes things, and prayer is even more powerful than any atomic bomb. Lord, you said after you've done all to stand, pray ye therefore with all prayer and supplication unto all saints. We make this prayer and supplication, Heavenly Father, to every lost child that wants to find their way back home. Oh, Heavenly Father, may the prodigal son find his way back home. May you remove all the spiritual amnesia, Father, from your children, oh Lord, especially those bring them in, Heavenly Father, who are fought by the devil so hard, Heavenly Father. He wants to claim them, but we claim them for your glory and for your purpose in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Even them with questions, Lord, whether they should get into ministry, even them with questions, Lord, even those who want to get married, even those who have desires upon their hearts, Lord, meet them upon their desire, oh God, in the mighty name of the Lord and the Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. There's quite a presence of the Holy Spirit here. I wanted to believe whatever that the been whatever has been your issue, whatever that has been prayed over, that the Holy Spirit that has been here is where you are right now. And even now, moving in your life, moving in your family, things that might be very difficult, even in your family. But the Holy Spirit is Amen. Changing things right now. Taking your family to another level. Wherever you are, God knows you. God knows your heart. Amen. It might be even in your life or your husband's life or your wife's life or, or your children. But the Holy Spirit is, amen, doing a turnaround right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, Lord, you are worthy. You are holy, O oh Lord Jesus. You're moving on the hearts of people, Father. Amen. Even by this testimony, oh God, we've seen and heard what you can do. Oh God, you are not limited. Your power is not limited. Even, oh, oh Father Lord, oh, these sexual demons that are coming, amen, over the people in this age, oh dear Father Lord, to try and destroy them, Father. Take them out of your presence, oh Father Lord, we denounce them in the name of Jesus. And Father Lord, your people, we believe they have been set free, they have been liberated. For Father, the Spirit of God that is here, Father, not that we could feel his presence. I know that the people wherever they are can feel the same presence too. Granted, Father, let them receive a breakthrough. And Lord Jesus, you've laid it on my heart, oh Father Lord, and even to pray for my brother here, Lord. Give me your hand, my brother. Oh Lord Jesus, for the God that took him through what he went through, Father, and you were able to bring him back again, oh Lord Jesus. You, oh God, are here, Father. Lord, I know your presence. And I know, Father, Lord, you are, you are here, Father, Lord, to restore him fully, oh God. 
and even Lord Jesus that lack of sleep that he has been experiencing in the night I decree and declare that it shall be no more in the name of Jesus Father Lord may you restore oh God oh whatever the enemy had taken away from him Father may you restore a hundredfold in the name of Jesus give him peace of mind oh dear Father give him sleep when he needs it oh dear Father and he, oh God oh glory may you use him even in a mighty way oh dear Father that whenever he shall stand oh dear Father Lord the enemy oh God oh glory will be defeated oh God whatever that the enemy brought to him Father that whenever he stands he will destroy those demons in the name of our Lord Jesus Father Lord that atmosphere that is here oh God may it go in the homes of the people dear Father Lord and the families that need you at this moment oh Father that you will move oh Father in the hearts of young people oh Father in the hearts of young ladies oh dear Father Lord Jesus that you will do what man cannot do Father that the supernatural hand of Jehovah will go where they are in the name of our Lord Jesus Father, we give you all the praise and all the honor, Father. We bless your holy name, O oh Father. We are praying, oh God, for our pastor side, O oh dear Father. Down in Gweru, oh Father, bless him, oh Father. Bless Pastor Mahere down in, in, in Johannesburg, South Africa, Father. That all these men were blessing to this young man, Father. Bless him, bless his parents, oh dear Father. And bless his friends as well that prayed with him, oh Father. And oh God, may you continue to do a good and mighty work in his life and in all our lives, oh dear Father. For we give ourselves to you, oh God, in the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. We have to dismiss you, friends. God bless you. Just sing a song as we dismiss. And if you have a need, just believe in your heart. Amen. That God is faithful. God is faithful. Let us sing that chorus, Brother Mazua. Or say, Makatendeka. Jesu. Mazua. Oh, say. Makatendeka je toimba mazua 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 ose makatendeka makatendeka every day Lord. Every day, Lord, every, day, every hour, Lord, Jesus, you are faithful. Every day, Lord, every day, Lord, every hour, you are faithful. You are faithful. Oh, Mazua. 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 Makatendeka Jesu Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We bless your name. Hallelujah. We glorify your name, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.
Thank you. You are faithful. You are faithful. You are faithful. Oh Lord, hallelujah. You are faithful. You are faithful. You are faithful. Hallelujah. Oh Lord. Oh, we bless your name, Father. We glorify your name because of your goodness and your mercies, oh Father. Oh, you are worthy of all the praise. You are worthy of all the honor, Father, Lord Jesus. Oh, you are doing a great work in our midst, Father, Lord Jesus, changing lives with you, Father. Oh, we thank you, Father, Lord. We bless your name, oh God. Oh, Lord Jesus, Father, Lord, amen. Even if we may be offline, Father, Lord, but every person that will be, see this testimony, oh, Father, may they be impacted in their lives, oh, dear Lord, God, oh, glory. All the young people that are still struggling, Father, Lord, may you meet them, oh, God. Oh, Father, may you meet them.